1: Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, welcome to episode 162 of Please Advise. Um, We're just coming along real nice on these episode numbers, Christina. Like They build every week. It's amazing how numbers work. I know. Um, But also I feel like we should have more. Yeah. Right? Oh, well, you always
2: say that because like... I count, like, the New York episodes not, like, New York series specific and not part of the overall, like, you know, when right. when the Golden Girls had a clip canon. show? It's not it's, canon. It's not canon. It's not canon. It's like when the Golden Girls had a clip show that one season. Yeah. Like,
1: it's God, like remember clip shows? it would be so disappointing. Like, I remember it'd be, like, Blossom being like in her room she's like I'm thinking back on old times remember the time Six and I went to the mall yeah. and it would just be this like three minute clip like what a lazy ass way of doing things they don't do that
2: episode, anymore but it's just like what? they don't why do you think they invented them in the first place was it just it was out just the, like 27 order because they used to be like 27 like or like orders. budget
1: savers like yeah. it'd be like okay we only have to film in one location and it's just Blossom walking around her room in one wardrobe outfit it would yeah. be like a whole thing okay you guys so today's guest is Mandy St she has a brand new book out called Unwifable, which I was telling her, I always wanted to write a series called Unwifable, but every time I would sit down and start to do it, it would turn out to be wildly sexist. So I want to know why you named your book that, how that came about, and what it's what the book is about. It just, it just came to my door today, so I'm really excited to read it, but I haven't read it yet.
3: I came up with the idea because I heard Snoop Dogg talking about Chris Humphreys back in the day when Kim Kardashian was married to him. Oh, yeah. I
1: just actually rewatched the wedding.
3: That's amazing.
1: (laughs) That fucking diamond headband, man. (laughs) He
3: was giving advice to Chris and he was saying, "You, you know, this is what happened. You know, you just you can't.
1: Turn you, can't, you, can't, you can't, you can't, you can't
3: wife some bitches. You can't wife a hoe. That's I'm not. I don't want to misquote him. I have the exact quote if you need it. Okay, you can fix it in post. Guys,
1: just fucking Google it. Yeah, and you get the gist.
3: It, it really stayed in my mind, and when I heard people using that term, I realized that I felt very much. I, I really resonated with that because I just, I always throughout my life I've had people being afraid of being associated with me that like, like I would go, I would go on a a Tinder date and, you know, maybe say something weird and then maybe they would Google me and it would be some hedge funder dude. And you could just tell the look in his eyes was that he was afraid his entire stock portfolio was going to crash just by virtue of being with this zany chick who talked about sex and dating and embarrassing things i think it's
1: so rude to google someone by the way
3: well when you're with them yeah sure
1: or like just in general like really like well i mean like I'll Google a historical figure, but if it's someone I'm about to meet in real life, I talk about this a lot. Christina couldn't feel more opposite. Christina's like, everyone's on the sex offender registry in Christina's mind. Personally, (laughs) I'm like, hey, if you're a sex offender, that's something you can tell me in person. Okay. Like it's not my job to figure out you're a sex offender. I don't don't know. I think things are going to come. Has anyone ever told you that? No. Okay. No. But I mean, like I, I swipe for like um eyes. Like I spite for like if I see life in your eyes, like yes. a lot of people I'm like Oh
3: god, I love that. That's exactly what I like too. <laughs> yeah,
1: like you don't need to be like a categorical hottie. Like yes. I just need to see that you've got like like there's per- there's something in there. That's and, like, that's a,
3: exactly what I fall for. There's a yeah. lot of
1: really hot guys that I'm like, "Oh, but honey, you're dead. Like you're dead inside." Yeah. Or like you're yeah. cynical. I can just t- I can read cynicism on the page, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, and by that I mean the profile picture. But um, I first of all, that has left a really bad taste in my mouth regarding Snoop Dogg because they feel like that's like almost like being a Trump supporter, like trying to soothe Chris Humphreys. Like if I ever saw Chris Humphreys, I'd be like, sorry, like you got what you had coming to you. Like you're an asshole. For my reason- husband
3: is a Trump supporter, so mm-hmm. you may have to kick me out right Wait, now. Wait, Really? Mm-hmm. Girl, yeah.
1: how can you be married to a Trump supporter? Does not that does it bother you in your house?
3: No, I, I, I I've kind of talked it through with him, and I feel like I now have a lot more empathy for people who- Is he still who... a Trump supporter? Very much so, yeah. He has a podcast called Trump. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's a comic, and he just, yeah, he just got like, more into it, politics. Is it ironic? It is not ironic <laughs> whatsoever, although he does like some of the stand-up comic- Right, you know, moves of, wow, of Trump. Yeah. But, but I, but I, I, I'd I totally rather
1: not be married. I hate to I, say that. I just don't know if I could get along with the Trump supporter. I think we'd be in a permanent fight.
3: Yeah. I think that's kind of how we got Trump is that attitude, which I totally respect. totally. But I think that that divisiveness is not a good thing. And yeah, sure. That's, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, have, I'll, I'll, I'll like... tell you my first husband, who cheated on me all the time. Yeah. Insulted me all the time and I mean, whatever. I was a nightmare to him. I was just the ultimate just needy, whack job. <laughs> he would drag me to international socialist conventions and he was more left than Chomsky. Oh, I and don't that love guy a was well, okay, but I'm just yeah. saying that and I've dated other, you know, uh proclaimed male feminists and to me, the only thing that matters is how someone uh, treats you and if they're true to their word. And, yeah, so I'm I'm married to a guy named uh, Pat Dixon, and he's from the South, and he is someone who's true to his word, you know, and he's always treated me really wonderfully and boosted up my self-esteem and my self-worth, and I, at the end of the day... Is uh, he,
1: like, socially uh, liberal at all? Like is yeah, he, yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, he definitely would be like, get that abortion, girl. You're 42. Come right. on.
1: Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. So, yeah, no, he's he's he would I, I would say he's socially liberal, but he definitely is a Trump supporter. And I've had I mean, you are not the first person who has. I'm
1: sure I'm not. Yeah. Especially in our I've, industry. Had, I've had I've
3: had total strangers just send me long notes exactly why I should get Divorce, and I think I'm kind of a contrarian. That's
2: so weird that people see. That seems themselves like a little. Like, that seems a little
1: intense. Like, that. like yeah. that's weird. I can I can see like bumping on that.
3: Like as a <laughs> woman but, like, being like
2: trying to convince a complete stranger to or, get like, a divorce. Divorced.
1: Like you don't know what that.
2: Especially when
3: there's like a. Like. Especially when there's a dick pic attached. No, that hasn't happened. <laughs> but like that would be great, right?
1: <laughs> I've never gotten a dick pic. I don't know. Are you? Into I that? could
3: I could show you some because I was trying to find. <laughs> no, I was trying. Are huh? you into getting them? No. Ugh. Oh, yeah. She's no. A married woman. No, that no.
1: Doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. You're right. I don't know what the type of marriage You could love has. a poly dick pic. Yeah,
3: no. Um, we predictors. don't have... We're, we're not polyamorous. Like, we've had the occasional three-way, but we really? don't... Uh, yeah, but we don't... Uh, we don't uh, swing. We don't flirt with other people and... Yeah, we're kind of weird This is about just that. so
1: far we've been full of curveballs. I'm loving it. Yeah. I don't
3: think that's weird. And I'm really a man. Like... Did I did <laughs> you guys know that? I'm just yeah, going to like I, cry and know. game it up. I yeah. love it's your that. journey. I respect <laughs> the journey.
1: Yeah, you know what? We are we're here about we're here for journeys. Um yeah. so, moving on from Trump because this uh I just don't have anything more to say of about course, that. Of course, <laughs> of course. No, I
3: completely respect that.
1: Um I uh I wanted to talk to you about I wanted to talk to both of you about 9-11 um, because I watch my favorite subject, 9-11. By the way, when I'm in New York, I can keep bringing up 9-11. I, I know why. I just can't help
2: it. It puts it's,
3: everyone at ease. It's, it's also it's like it's talking today. about abortion or politics. We were, you, it's just, were you
2: living in New York when that happened? No, I
3: was living in Chicago and I was working at Northwestern, uh, the university I went to, but then I later worked there. And yeah, I was taking uh, classes because I was going to become an English teacher. So I went to a neuroscience course that night, and a woman said that she had just heard from her brother who left the building to take a smoke break, and that saved his life. Yeah. So that's my that's my immediate story that that I think of when I think of nine eleven. But I'm I'm completely obsessed with it too. I I've watched though. I've watched every conspiracy theory video uh, that's out there. Like, I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, the Loose and Change and all that. Watch Loose Change as soon as I read about it in Vanity Fair, which is crazy <laughs> that Vanity Fair wrote about it. Yeah. Um, Vanity
1: Fair goes deep. I really do. I Vanity Fair, the more I think about it, they just are, have some of the best pieces out there of any publication. They really do. Um, I watched last night, though, I, or two nights ago, I've been like trying to watch this documentary for probably 10 years now and it's the one about <laughs> but I keep starting it but like I am a believer that like our entire generation has like at least low level PTSD from 9-11 definitely because it's just like I was a senior in high school um, I'm from Boston so oh, like God. it felt very real I mean it you know like I think that for some people there was a level of like it was just surreal like the east coast like or the west coast woke up and 9 11 already happened like yeah it was at, like 8, 8 a.m you know yeah. what I mean so it was really fucking early and um and I, I remember just being in school I was in Italian class and then it and then like it changed periods and my boyfriend picked me up and was like a plane just hit the World Trade Center. And I remember this one girl. This is so – it's, like, it's going to sound like I'm, like, conflating people who get abortions with 9-11, but there was one girl in school that, like, got an abortion. She was in my drama class, and she was not smart. Like, she was not (laughs) not a bright girl. And I remember, like, we were walking through the hallways, and, like, people were coming out of classrooms being, like, a plane just hit the World Trade Center, a plane just hit the World Trade Center – and the girl who had gotten an abortion was like, wait, was anyone hurt?
3: <laughs> wow. I don't
1: know what she imagined. Like, I don't know what.
3: You're like, yeah, your baby.
1: I guess, like,
3: <laughs> your baby was in the building, bitch.
1: It just was like, I don't know. She just thought it, like, lodged in seamlessly and just, like, Sat there like it was like a car that hit a building where it just like goes through and like people were able to scurry out of the way. I don't know what she thought happened that it's like literally like a bomb hitting a building. Like there's just no coming
3: back. From what, what a twist, though, that would have been if the building was stronger than ever because of the plane. <laughs> you know like that there was a weak spot in it and it just kind of boosted it up it was about to fall
1: like a door like it was just like something like a little like door like whatever they call it what's a door stopper like it just like wedged in like i'm just like what did you think happened like she just literally was anyone hurt yes bitch everyone was hurt you wouldn't believe the destruction it's caused so um i was I, i was in like another class by the time the second plane hit so that's 9-11 911 is uh it's it's uh triggering. So I had tried to start this documentary many times, but the Emotionally Broken Psychos Facebook group, which is absolutely lit for those of you who don't know, com. You can join, but if you and I are, have mutual friends, you're not allowed in because I know why you're there. They're all creepers. Um but
3: wait, what is this?
1: It's my, a book my, group? Um it's f- <laughs> for my other podcast Emotionally sort of. Broken Psychos which is about um which is about reality TV and, like, psychology and the intersection of it because I actually don't think reality TV is, like, funny. Like, most of my friends who have reality TV podcasts are, like, roasting Mm -hmm. the people. And I actually just don't think, like, a lot of it's very funny. I actually think it's really tragic and there brings up a lot of interesting emotional themes and you're watching these people process information and it's just – Anyway, so we have a Facebook group dedicated to that podcast, that just lit the fuck up, and oh, cool. we talk about how like we talk about crazy people for the most part.
3: You should have uh, Sonia Sonia Morgan be a guest. I,
1: I mean, that's beyond a dream. Like she's one of she's I
3: know her, and she's own. very kind.
1: Um, I would love that. She's yeah. literally one. Of, she made a video for the group. Actually, we do you know Cameo? Are you familiar with the service?
3: No, Where I've never even pay heard of it.
1: A celebrity like. Anywhere from like I think some people do it for like thirty bucks. Some people do it for a hundred. I got Christina one from one of the RuPauls from Shangela. Yeah, from Drag Race. Which, by the like way, I told show. you I did. I tell you that I forgot that Shangela was on Two Broke Girls. Yeah, you did. You I told like. Me, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I guess I never put together that like. That guy is yeah. also Shangela. Like, and I <laughs> drag also Drag Race
2: is the only reality reality show I watch. And I have I've never a, watched it. It's, it's, it's so good. People oh,
1: nice. love their fucking Drag Race. I'm telling yeah. you. Like, it's I'm so jealous good. of their community. Mm-hmm. It's like, um. Anyway, I love it's Sonny rabid, Morgan. Yeah. I would do fucking anything to talk to her. So yes, but I just love the artistry of drag and
2: like the yeah. concept of like gender expression and Mm -hmm. how like some of those queens are girl women like more feminine than i am yeah and it's just really fascinating to me rupaul really
1: stepped in the shit this week though when mm, um he said cultural he said it's cultural appropriation for women to do drag and it's like no drag is about women like (laughs) drag is women like everything that you're copying is from women so um anyway back to my favorite subject 9-11 i watched that documentary the woman who wasn't there or something it's called and it's about this chick that basically was like the head of the survivors network she wags is loving you she's the head of the survivors network she was like a major player in like basically just like helping people who were survivors because she herself was a survivor plot twist six years later they found out she wasn't there she literally made up the entire story she was not in 9-11 she did not lose her fiance she did not she was never married it was like this whole story that she completely fabricated um and she was a con artist basically
3: did she take money
1: um she didn't take money there was i think tiffany gave her a ring because um she lost her ring in the in the thing like that people were saying like she should be arrested. And I'm like, I don't actually think it's illegal to lie. Like that's, I don't think that in and of itself is a lie, whether or not she took money. That is, I think up for debate. I think the ring was definitely like that was, people were like, you can get her on that, but she fucking straight up ghosted. Um, She was seen once on the street in 2011. And then after that, she wasn't seen again for a really long time.
3: I think that there has to be a term for that. Cause you know how there's Munchausen's for it's called faking. tragedy.
1: It's called a, um, tragedy something tragedy jumpers, or like something like that, okay. where it's like people that you know people I think look for an identity Def-
3: and, oh God, yeah. you know,
1: and they and um someone was saying that people like kind of like I think for a lot of people nine eleven became like a religion for them, like it was something that they were in that and like involved in that a lot of people are not, and I found this podcast about um about this woman, her name's Tanya Head. Um, which, by the way, like dark name to make up for yourself. Um, because that's not her real name. Her real name is like Alicia something. She's from Brazil. Um, but, um, I found this podcast called Liar City because I like you know once you hear one version of a story, you want to hear like fifty more. So sure, yeah. Um, it was about her, and they were talking about how they had wanted to talk about like Liar City is all about liars. So they wanted to talk about her story for a long time, but they didn't start telling until the guy from the league uh steve what's his name steve Renzizi yeah steve Ranzizi, like came out i guess he had been telling his story for years that he was involved in 9-11 which
3: yes i i i, I am familiar with that yeah and, and yeah. i
1: was like fucking dark Maybe He said he worked at like
2: merrill lynch or like he yeah was, like, a banker at and one that's what
1: tanya had said she worked at too she also was running with this i worked at merrill lynch thing to which i say like this is a little bit on Merrill Lynch at this point because when there's two people <laughs> like walking around being like, I survived and like we're talking the head of the survivors network and also a famous comedian. Like, can Merrill Lynch be like BTW? We didn't even have an office there or yeah,
3: step up, Merrill Lynch. We've
1: never had us, we've never had these employees. I'm like, how can you have someone that's like a famous survivor out there in the news talking about their relationship to you? And no one at Merrill Lynch is like. Oh, but we didn't have an office there. or Oh, that employee never worked there. I guess like, I don't, I don't know, man, like it's dark, but the heart, like the thing that I was dying about was that this guy, Steve was saying in his interview that he just started lying like pathologically about it when he moved out to LA and he was saying that his girlfriend at the time was like horrified his now wife. And he is like, she couldn't do anything about it. She had to go along with the lie. And I was like, no, she didn't like yeah. that would be the that would be a huge fucking deal breaker for me if I found out that a guy I was dating was walking around lying, lying about something as big as I survived. 9-11. Like, Do they have I, kids? They had, Now they had kids, but they not when not when they not put, when he
3: started lying. Okay. yeah and yeah. so
1: for me i was like also like what about that plight like a learning i don't i mean i don't like it when like a guy lies about getting fucking frozen yogurt like i don't let alone like i was in nine eleven. i would completely dump his ass i don't understand why this like alleged you know by the time that he had by the time that he was found out um he had had kids so like i guess i understand that but like how could you how could you be with, what would you do if you found out that someone you were dating was like living that kind of lie?
2: I would question everything, wouldn't you?
3: Yeah, it, it's happened to me before in different ways. And I'm now like a really obnoxiously.
1: A well, large scale lie.
3: Yeah, so I I wrote about this in the book, Unwifable, and you can buy it at com. I I wrote about this man who I went on a date with for the dating column I was writing for the New York Post, and he showed me, he picked me up at the Apple store, and he said, come here, look at uh, these videos that I do. And he was this French journalist who had come over, and it was videos that were um, him interviewing Angelina Jolie and Bill Clinton and all, and all these things. And we went on a date and he was really aggressive and he kept whipping his uh, dick out. And the whole thing was kind of awful. And I eventually just said, you know, just like jerk off on my back. Like, I don't want you oh to, to touch me anymore. Yeah and um 3 years later there was
2: like some bargaining there just like if he can get it off then i can get yeah, out of the situation yeah
3: yeah and
1: uh girl i'm sorry that happened
2: oh
3: yeah. it's okay i i um and then he just sent me all these nasty um texts after about just what an american brat i was and you know uh, so three years later, my very good friend and an editor at the Post, Mackenzie Dawson, who has this thing for remembering names, she saw the name come up on the wire, Hugo Denver Akase, and he had been arrested for rape. No. And uh, I wrote a story and I was in the cover of the Post and it said my date with the Riverside rapist. And I had at least 25 women contacting me. And a lot of the a lot of the language that I had used in his emails to me, um, you know, about, oh, you seem like someone who really enjoys life and gets the most out of every moment. You know, they'd use the exact same language. He'd use the exact same language Mm with them. He had uh, taken footage from Charlie Rose and didn't actually have, you know, a show or. The office that was in his he just had this whole catfishing site and i think at a certain i don't know if he was homeless the whole time no yeah and he was like sleeping out on people's uh he was stalking some of these women and he would like sleep out on their you know fire escapes and things yeah and I after that I started making people bring me um their photo IDs when I went on dates and just didn't really believe See, anything. That I'm
1: behind. Googling, no, but I'm like, show yeah. me the photo ID. That I'm here for. Yeah. My God, I am so that is so wild. I'm so sorry that
3: happened. Oh, it's to you. okay. I mean, it was just it was a it was a really crazy experience because I did not realize that that kind of catfishing
1: existence yeah
3: just just that someone would do that on that scale like why not use how much does it cost to host a website why not use that to like rent an airbnb you know like just right. when you think about the amount of the work that went into to lie, that too like mm-hmm.
1: that's the other i mean we were talking about this earlier like i'm not good at lying like to the extent that i just don't like when i was a kid i can't even lie about like
2: taking the last cookie or something like
1: that oh no 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 no. like i've been (laughs) in situations with people like especially like any sort of like drug-fueled situation like in the past where it's like yo you did the last of the coke and the person's like no i didn't and i'm like i'm sorry like do you think i'm a fucking idiot like people are like people lie so boldly and it blows my mind you
3: don't Indulge that because I indulge anything when someone is, you know, off their head on. No. Drugs. no, I mean, like, I, I'm afraid they'll I'm afraid they'll, you know, dissect me and cut me into a million little pieces. D- I do
1: know to back away. Like, yeah. I, I know when to back away. I'll be like, OK, no, you didn't. But like, there's no drugs left. But no, you didn't. OK, like, right, I'll right. definitely be like, no, if you say that's the truth, that's the truth, which always enrages a liar even more because they know that you're placating them. Um, It's a dark it's a dark journey. But I do not. I can't lie. I was telling Christina earlier. When I was a kid, I remember like feeling any lie that I would tell as a kid was usually based in like embarrassment. So mm-hmm. like I remember lying about having a boyfriend who lived at Hanscom Air Force Base named Chris with a K, which like everyone was like, "No, you don't have a boyfriend," and I was like, "No, I do." Like which by the way, no, I didn't. That's uh, great like though. You, I love the
3: specificity. Like you of lie
1: it. about like how how much sex stuff you've done. It, like no, at that I was like, I, I am So Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I lied about um. I remember being embarrassed that like I hadn't done anything fabulous with my summer like I just spent the which by the way looking back it's like I just spent the summer at the beach house with my Nana like yeah that's still a nice summer like I don't know why I was so embarrassed but I went to a school with a bunch of rich kids and I was like from I was one of the only people I was probably the only person at that school with a single mom
2: you're like that character in a like a John Hughes movie yes
1: that's what Jolie said like she's like you're literally a John Hughes character and that I had a single mom who was like a house cleaner but I lived in like the wealthiest town in Massachusetts so it was like she just like we lived in the smallest possible whole apartment. Yeah. So um You're pretty in pink. Exactly. It's it's dark. <laughs> so um she um I remember like lying about I basically took the plot of the Hawaii episodes of Full House. Oh nice. And I- <laughs> and i like had this whole story about how i went to hawaii with the summer with like my uncles i basically just recited the plot of the hawaii episodes of full house i remember like the teacher said something to my mom because i was on like a scholarship and she was like uh, what the fuck is up with this hawaiian vacation yet your daughter's on like scholarship um oh that's hilarious And my mom you was, didn't even
3: think about that
1: no like i didn't understand like the logistics of money um so I was just remember being like I got in so much trouble and I just remember being like now I look back. It's actually like kind of a really sad tale that yeah. like I was like ashamed of my like socioeconomic status is like I didn't realize I was on scholarship. <laughs> and I'm just like in first grade like trying to get by.
2: It was interesting that you chose like Saved by the Bell like Hawaiian or no Full House yeah. Hawaiian and not like the Saved by the Bell like Corelli like working in the summer at a at a beach. Kurosi. Yeah, Kurosi.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, I didn't work at the beach and also I went, I, that's actually closer to the summer I did have. Um, And I think I like was also, I still like romanticize Hawaii. Like I've never been, I'm going to fucking Japan, but I still think Hawaii is too fancy for me.
2: It's, uh, I I don't get that. But like, what was the, what was the biggest? I mean, now I know
3: Hawaii is kind of a dump, but. (laughs) Uh, You know, the last time someone asked me that they then told me that they had uh, lied about being raped. Um, that was yeah it was uh, um, that's a scene
2: yeah that was, it was a woman or it was a woman yeah okay.
3: yeah um, Not that
2: that makes that any difference but
3: yeah I'm trying to think what the biggest be a little
1: darker if it was a guy
3: I'm trying to think what the biggest lie I've told was I'm not very good at lying because I was punished for it like, so much as as a kid. Like, one time when I, you know, took a candy from oh. Felipe's uh, pizza, my parents made me, and I was like five or something, and they made me go return back it. and return it. And I just, and I, and I have a long note that I wrote to uh, breaking up with a good friend of mine when I was a kid saying, I can't be friends with you anymore because you're a liar. And I know you're going to make fun of me and call me a priss, but if being a priss means that you tell the truth, I don't care. And it was because we had called Home Shopping Network (laughs) from her house and we're trying to get on air. And I guess the Home Shopping Network people called her parents and then my parents got called. And yeah, I was grounded for quite a while. So
1: that's amazing. I mean, I love a good troll. So, um, that's, that first of all, like home shopping network, like don't you have better things to do? Like that's so dark that, that was, was pretty home shopping network person that was like so mad that like
2: these kids crank called you. <laughs> she was like, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this and talk to their
1: parents. Also, I would assume that's probably seventy percent of their calls is people just like dry calling to fuck with them. Like it's well, masturbating on the line, like
3: I just I mean, I was really I had the shit scared out of me. So I was like I was like, you know, uh, dear friend, you know, you may not know, but like the federal authorities may have to be involved and I need to put a stop to this now. And it was just I was always really, really afraid yeah. of worst case scenario. Like I went to D.A.R.E. training, which I don't know if they oh, had anymore. Oh,
1: Absolutely. First and- of all. DARE has to be self-funded now. I gave a dollar to it the other day outside of CVS because the state doesn't pay for DARE anymore. Okay, yeah. so
3: I so I went through that and then I recognized that my mom had marijuana she kept in the fridge. Okay. And I was sobbing and threatening to turn her into the police. And, you know, I was just like such a freaking snitch, you yeah. know? I mean, I was just so terrified and she i mean she even like threw it away across the street so that you know if there was some big manhunt you know they wouldn't be able to pin it on her so yeah i was always really i i i was like a goody goody for a long time and then i just kind of snapped I guess. Yeah. yeah yeah that's what
1: happened to me too there was a, <laughs> i was such a good kid my whole life like I have not had. That I came happen home yet. drunk once, and I remember like my mom just like knew not to even punish me because she was like, "This kid is putting herself through it." Like she has never regretted anything more. Like my mom just knew, and I just remember my punishment was like she blasted the music, drove me all the way down to the beach house, blasting music in the car, and then like I had to like be at my aunt's house for the day, and like that was my punishment.
3: I do remember one time making out with uh, uh, Kevin. That at, was my first makeout too. A guy yeah, named Kevin. He was one not of, your he, Kevin. He was one of those weirdo <laughs> 20-somethings who's still trolling high school pussy, you
0: know?
2: Like Matthew McConaughey. He character. was exactly <laughs> like that, yeah. He
3: and his friend. And so uh, me and my friend Geneva, you know, were making out with them. And I don't know. I might have touched his dick or sucked his, I don't know. It was just like, (laughs) but I got home at four in the morning and I told my father, who we could hear pacing inside, who's also, I write about this in the book, but he is a uh, blind Vietnam vet who uh, was shot twice in the face and has a, you know, is smart. And got a, you know, very charming, very charismatic alpha war energy. But he has a frontal head injury, which makes him, you know, prone to kind of rage and all these things. And so when we came in, we told him that we had lost the keys in the sand. And so that was a lie that I told my father. And then in our yearbook inscriptions, that was one of the inside jokes that I included. Lost the keys in the sand. <laughs> you know, it's just like a callback to our epic night. Oh and I think God. I did that also one time I went to a rave. I stayed out all night and like didn't, you know, said that I was at my friend Geneva's. But I, I've never really been much of a liar with... uh people that I'm dating like I I ended this two year relationship by I uh, I met these two like hot Italian pilots that I met on the street and I took him home for this like devil's three-way fuck fest and then like <laughs> called my boyfriend at the time right after and was like hey I just fucked, you know two Italian pilots <laughs> and he's like why are you telling me this and then I went took a cab over to his place and yeah, I thought he was gonna propose after that, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Something's like there's like a, a like um like um one of those you know like worms in my brain or something. Yeah, that just you know things don't always line up. Line up, yeah, and yeah,
1: that doesn't check out. It <laughs> did not.
3: No, it did not. The math did not check out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so we broke up soon after that i love that. an
1: italian pilot three-way for you though like thank that's you fun. that's
3: a that's a great way to Was say that like... i love an italian pilot three-way for you
1: <laughs> i do uh, sorry i'm not like i hope you don't take that as, no everyone as t- everyone talks back to me in my own voice which i actually take as a huge compliment okay
3: good i just i like yeah. did
2: you think that the three-way made you realize how much you appreciated your boyfriend and that's why you called him or you thought he would be thought you were like cool and adventurous or I like... just
3: thought it was like this is what's gonna happen if you don't propose. If you don't propose like yeah. this is and you know like As do you, you do you really want to lose this the girl who takes home two guys who doesn't know what <laughs> the their girl names who's are for an M and Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> So yeah, that, that happened.
1: Yes. Oh my God. That's so funny. Well, you guys, um, so we're all pathological, uh, liars and let's start taking your calls.
0: Hey, I have a question. I am pretty self-aware and I know that right now I'm emotionally unavailable. So does that mean that I should not date at all like is it unethical to date if i know that i am just not available to be serious um that's my question thanks
1: i mean it's never stopped a guy from dating when i'm emotionally <laughs> unavailable i've de- i think every guy i dated in my 20s which like the biggest scam of all time is like looking back on my 20s being like Oh, it was because I was in my twenties that like, I just dated fuck boys. Like, and it's like, that's what I was attracting because like the guys like, Oh, look at this sitting duck over here. Like I can totally date her for like two, three years and like, it's not going to go anywhere and it doesn't matter. Like that's, Oh God. Anyway. I, I
3: have a TV show you guys should do, which is that the, uh, superpower that the woman has is that she can see. You know, it would read inside uh, like little you know neon letters. It would say like "Warning, fuck boy" yeah. on the person. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't <laughs> that be good?
2: Oh uh, yeah, I was like, what's the name of this TV show? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
3: No, you guys are going to uh, yeah something off We're, of a let's, fuck boy. Let's oh no, that. they
2: are making a what men what men want.
1: Seri- oh, yeah, good, good. Like, like
2: what women want, like the Mel Gibson movie, they're oh, doing God. it what men want. And let's like with Tarashi P. Henson. I think that'll be How great. How is it not going to be mostly like, I would love to like. I think it'll it just be a like-
1: massive read, like on dudes. Like, I think it'll be like just a two hour read on like <laughs> straight white men, probably. But um,
3: so, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, definitely you don't stop dating because of that. Because I mean, unless you're, unless it's like, I am acting out and hurting people and, you know, doing X, Y, Z awful things, just being emotionally unavailable for all likelihood, the uh, other person might be too, you yeah. know, and it's it's not like, the, it's not like the only people who are on Tinder or OkCupid are people who have passed some kind of psychological checklist which by the way that's a good dating site yeah is like where you have to have passed a certain kind of psych checklist to even be on there wouldn't be amazing this is
1: my new thing you want a commitment like i think tinder would be brilliant to add like a benching option and you i tweeted about this like i like if you you get one a year And if you see, like, an ex on there that you know factually has not done work on himself, is, like, fucking mentally ill, is a torturer, is a punisher, whatever, you can bench that person for six months. So, like, they can't be on the app. They have to go think about what they've done. They have to go do some self-work. Like, maybe turn in a form. You can maybe get back on before six months if you can turn in a form saying, I've gone to therapy and worked on myself. I'd like to reapply for Tinder. But... I really do think that there should be a benching option because I've swiped, I've swiped through many times and I'm sure I'd get benched myself, but like I've swiped through many times and seen people on here on there that I'm like, Oh honey, like you, like you are an option on here. Like poor girls. Like I feel terrible for whoever's out there. I, um, do think to our caller though, if you are a self-aware person, it's like kind of a crime on your part to not be vocal about the fact that you're emotionally unavailable, which um, is
3: catnip, catnip to men, by the way. Yeah. So
1: looking for a fun time, I think is fair. Oh yeah. Like 500 days of summer, my least favorite movie about like the biggest fuck girl in the game, which by the way, I know people are going to take umbrage with that because you know, she was honest the whole time, but I actually watched that movie. And as a Joseph Gordon, love in that scenario, a chronic Joseph Gordon, Levitt in that scenario. I was very triggered by 500 days of summer. I do think that if you put out there, though, and you say, like, if you're just very transparent about it, looking for a fun time, looking to date, have fun experiences, but not necessarily looking for a relationship right now, you you need to put that out there. I think that that's... Maybe there
3: could be, like, a badge, like, um, I mean, not, not for this caller, but for others, like you were mentioning about the eyes, there could be a badge that's, like, dead inside yes. or, you know, um, not able to commit without... 75 more hours of therapy don't, right. don't have any plans to make a therapy appointment yes. you know just like something very clear I, I also like this is totally unrelated but it reminds me of a friend telling me about uh, an experience on tinder she had recently which was that uh, a guy reached out to her and said that he was kind of in between places, yeah. And uh, she said, "So wait, you're you're homeless?" And uh,
1: oh, like living places,
3: yeah. And he said, he said, uh, "I prefer the term nomadic." So okay, that honey. was really. And then he kept asking her, like, "What are you watching on Netflix? What are you eating?" And it was just uh, there was so much dark humor in that for me, yeah. And also the balls on that dude yeah to just be you know yeah I'm I'm an artisanal nomadic yeah no no no
1: No. no. it's like I had I definitely like had this one uncle when I was growing up who
3: it's a dark start to any story I know
1: (laughs) (laughs) I had this one uncle who no I was very very my my aunts and uncles were more like siblings to me because my grandparents were like essentially my parents like growing up and I grew up like in the house with a lot of them my mom had me young so like my youngest uncle was like 16 when I was born. So I uh, I grew up really close with him. And I remember there was a lot like um, there was this like kind of like narrative with him that like he wasn't dating in his early 20s, especially when he was like going through law school still because he wasn't, quote unquote, in a financial position to date, mm. which I actually like at the time we all thought that was weird. We were like what this is what is this excuse? But like now that I look back on it like absolutely fucking yes. Like you need to be in a position in your life to date. You're there was that whole thing that went viral recently um which like I realized like I was following the writer who wrote it and I was like ooh funny.
3: Um what 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 thing? I love it I was, love rabbit holes like that. It
1: was um it was uh about how her husband didn't have a bed when they met.
3: Oh my. And, oh
1: yeah. And it like me. went fuck like all these women I respect. And this was a huge turning point for me because I think I think you might be the same. I am like unfortunately transparent. Like mm-hmm. I offer up unflattering stories about myself all the time. To the point where I've had boyfriends be like, you know, when you see people, you don't have to say the last embarrassing thing you did when you saw them, right? right and I'm like, right, right. No. I'm like, that's like, to me, I'm like, I'd rather just acknowledge it slash like laugh about it than be like, let's ignore this like tragic thing I did last time we hung out. So um, I remember like being like, oh, OK, so like. People think I'm crazy because I offer up these details about myself. But when they actually offer up a real detail about their life, like they've all been dating slash marrying men without fucking beds. Like y'all are crazy. I've never de- I've never even gone on a date with a guy who didn't have a bed, let alone like marry a man like that would, that had a mattress on the floor. Yeah.
2: Let me be like, clear. They're not so, like it's not like they're sleeping on a pile of old. No, like, some, of them, some
1: of them like were like some of them were like <laughs> when I first met my guy, like he didn't have even a mattress. And I was like, they're all like stubborn about it. Like some woman was saying that, like, my husband still has a hard time with the fact that we have a bed frame.
2: I saw something that was like, oh, and he only had one towel. And I was just like,
1: ooh, like bye, bitch, fucking Fucking bye, bitch. Like, I mean, guys do have a shockingly like they always have bad linens. They always have weird fucking towels that are just like beat up Terry cloth, $3 specials from like, I don't even know what. But, and I'm like, you know, I'm a person that like, I like my big lush white bath sheets. Like that's who I am. Like, yes, I live like a fucking
2: I love a bath porter
1: kook, but like I have nice <laughs> linens. All my linens are nice. I've put my face on them. So, um, That was the whole thing for me recently where I realized that I don't know how I got on this topic, but like apparently bitches out there are marrying guys who don't even have fucking beds like that.
3: See, I I would I would completely date someone who didn't have a bad bed and be fine with that because, oh, I, I just to me, like I try to be. I guess aggressively open minded because I know that. I, I I mean honestly, I think it's probably just like daddy complex shit. Like like when my dad came back from the war, he was so like messed up looking. People would pass out when they saw him, and Aww. had all these. Well, yeah, and so like I I think that I just it's, it's so deeply ingrained in me. Like just from being a little girl and seeing like how people looked at him, that I always wanted to like take the side. I have that very contrarian thing where I'm just like, "Well, you don't know. Maybe he gave his bed to um, a woman who needed it for her family, right? A baby ducklings, right? You know, like have have you done the re- so?" Um I mean and and probably that doesn't always serve me well. Sure. But uh no, it's a good quality to have and like people were definitely in my mentions being like you don't
1: know his financial situation. And I was like, okay, I just googled it. Like a Harvard frame is $29 from Walmart. Like yeah, if you have, don't to it's me
2: It's like the guys who will have like a really nice TV and sound system but If we'll you have, have a, if we'll you have a chairs to like watch Also things. they yeah. could have
3: been like Brody from Homeland where he preferred to sleep In a closet initially when he got back.
2: Oh, I know what
3: it was.
1: And then you also
2: try to enough. assassinate the vice president. Yeah, but see, you're just you're, you're just gonna so, you're
3: just gonna just hold you're just gonna be hung up on that one little detail, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. trying to kill the vice
2: president. But here's the yeah. here's was a, he was a shadow terrorist. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, love, the... I love I love Homeland so much. I've it's never so seen stupid. it. stupid. But I
2: listen to jazz and loser lose yeah. Jazz. Let's
3: lose our shit and listen to jazz. You, it, it's a fun. I mean, I don't know what kind of shows you like, but Homeland is a fun. I know my
1: best friend Ed and his dad like that's their religion gym they like watch it together but no this is what I was going to say is that like in my mind I think this is a real journey I went on because when people were saying like you don't know their socioeconomic situation and I'm like you know what you're right I don't but if you don't have $29 or free on Craigslist to like go get a bed frame yeah I've gotten beds that way yeah of course like literally I like mean, if you're a man other, named other Carrie gave me in an... the
2: apartment if they have like a nice TV system if they have like nice like a MacBook my point like... is this
1: Is that there are certain things in life that, like, if you don't have $29 to go get a bed, maybe right now isn't the position in life... You're not in a position in life to be dating. That's where I... That's what I actually... That's where I think I started with this, is that there are certain things in your life that you should have. Can you go get fucked? Yeah. Can you, like, go home with someone from a bar? Can you do these things? Absolutely. But, like, when it comes to, like, wanting to actually date someone seriously... And take it seriously and trust me I am a person where it's like you can live in a mansion or like in some like tenement and like as long as you're laughing you're fine but I don't think you start laughing
3: out... next to a bed though yeah laughing yeah. next <laughs> to a
1: bed but like you don't start out with like on the baseline I sleep on my laundry like mm-hmm. I, I think that that is that's what
3: the guy slept on was on his laundry I mean some of he the... sounds really severely depressed I mean any anyone unless he's Brody or unless he's like a really unorthodox renegade chiropractor I mean it right? was it was I mean
1: what the thing was is that it ran the fucking gamut like there uh-huh. was w- women who were like when I first walked into my husband's house and I saw my now husband's house and I saw that he had a bed like I knew there had to be something wrong with him and sure enough I found a can of rotting spaghetti like sauce and in his shower and I was like okay these are women like I admire
3: like these I was are- <laughs> hired a maid for a guy that I dated for like a week because yeah, yeah he hadn't cleaned out his refrigerator in six months and oh, you had
2: only been dating this man for a week and you called him a
3: maid yeah I used to really just Throw kind of there, um yeah, yeah I, I I used to just really try to project a dream partner to save me on anyone who said one right thing that kind of hit and made me feel alive you that's know? interesting
2: because it feels like you were kind of saving them or a little bit in that s- scenario
3: yeah that was that was uh he was also one of the one of the guys who uh, I, I i have a good track record record of um men immediately telling me you know that they have thought about suicide Uh or tried to commit suicide lots of that um you know sometimes they're like I think I have a pretty solid core base of fans who are open (laughs) married suicidal yeah you know and like if I could just tap that uh then I would be you know a thousand air on tinder
1: the other day it was like He was like, I'm in an open... He immediately got defensive about it in his profile. And he was like, I'm in an open marriage, if you can fathom that. And I'm like, first of all, you're insulting my intelligence. Like, I don't... Yes, I can fathom that you're in an open marriage. Secondly, like... Can, like, can you calm down? Like, secondly, you should, third, you should be meeting bitches in the wild. Like, bottom line. I think it's a really fucking extra to be in an open marriage and be on Tinder. Like, that's a lot to ask of the public at large. Like, to A, like, be swiping on you and to B, accept your untraditional marriage. I think maybe you should be at the Griffin, like, trying to cruise on chicks.
2: The thing that, like, frustrates me about being at, because I'm bisexual, I get a lot of couples being yes. like, hey... I we're looking for and I'm just like I'm not interested in a multiple. I just don't it's there's a lot of performance anxiety. I think I have a hard time not being jealous. That's not what I'm interested also,
1: in. Also bisexuality like, isn't does doesn't like equal threesome. That, yeah, that <laughs> like you want to do it at the same
3: time. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, People never use the term. I mean, they do, but it's Bisexual is used less and yeah. less I yeah. feel like nowadays, yeah, which just is a in problem terms of with, gender identity well no,
2: I think it's also because it's becoming so much more uh like micro communities that like people who used to use bisexual as an umbrella term for everything are now have words to identify things that more align with their sexual yeah. preferences, yeah, so like a demisexual is just a person who can only have sexual relations when they're in love with someone. Like, they have to have actual, like, love feelings. And so, like... But that could be with anyone. So they would previously identify as bisexual. And the the actual definition of bisexually has evolved. So, like, before, it was really heavy, heavily lenient on the binary, as, in, as is in the name. But now it just means, for me, at least, and for more, a lot of other bisexual advocates, it's just people of my own gender and other genders. So...
1: I don't know where it was going with this,
2: but I get a lot of couples.
3: Have you guys ever seen the show Polyamory on Showtime?
1: Are you fucking kidding me? That's my favorite show. I probably rewatch it like once every three months, right? Yeah. Okay,
0: dude. Thank you. Uh,
1: like, literally, uh, can, we go, can we go to San Diego and it's watch their my play? Legitimate <laughs> religion. Their improv group. Yeah.
3: yeah. Holy I wanna shit, see that's the best show ever made,
1: dude. Kamala Devi. I first. Kamala. Of, do you know that Jen and Tal got divorced and Jen's now married to Jesse? What? Yeah, they had a steampunk themed wedding. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's like brilliant. There were. How did wearing, that like, show go off
3: the air? Well,
1: I think honestly, they really s- They stepped it. At- I think they stepped in shit with, no, because Showtime was always done like softcore porn, narrative. Yeah, but they don't really yeah. have, but they had, they had, they have never really had like a breakout hit in the last like
3: 10 right.
2: years. Yeah. Showtime? Um, yeah. The only one is Homeland. Like, I don't, I can't name anything. Billions
3: is in. doing, I think, pretty and well. And Smilf
2: or whatever. But, like, oh,
3: that is the best show. That's yeah, my favorite Yeah, I just started it there. But it's day. also like not it. known
2: for reality. You know what I mean? It's not up like a pro. Right. Gigalos.
3: Gigolos. Like oh, Gigolos is, is everything. A, I once went on a date with a Gigolo. And I made him watch that show, and he was like, oh, my God. He was so Apparently, I like
1: the hot like, – not the hot Juggalo. The one I think is the hot Juggalo is the one that's, like – my friends are basically like, Molly, like, he has, like, developmental issues. <laughs> my friends who are really fucking into it are like, Molly, like, you <laughs> – why do you have a crush on the guy that's like kind of slow and i'm like he's not slow he's like hot my friends literally roast they're way more into gigolos than i am so they
3: roast me for it all the time you should go on a date with him i bet he'd be open to it
1: honey no i don't i couldn't i couldn't (laughs) how much does that go for
3: no i mean you could do it my friend's hired who's the
1: who's the blonde one that's like hot that's like his name's like Ice or something. My friends hired that her. guy's
3: hilarious. They
1: I, hired I have no idea what birthday. you guys are talking to us. That's anyway, polyamory. Yeah, look, just dating.
3: Google G- Gigolo Showtime and you'll see. Yeah, there's one whose name is like Z- Zaintron. You yes know? yeah, I, yeah.
1: They they and hired he, him. He's for... like orange brown. <laughs> With, Like and, blonde, yeah. like Guy Fury, like blonde hair. He's amazing. Six seasons, yeah, girl. Jigglows like is real. But I think to I almost your went question, on that show
3: too. By the way, I am shocked yeah. as like a date. Yeah, were you going like, to do the
1: softcore? I, you know who
3: told me not to do it was uh, Dave Attell and Jim Norton. Yeah. I, yeah, great. I, I was <laughs> like, I, I, and my mom wrote me a whole note that was like, maybe you should go to one of your sex addiction meetings, honey. Uh And I, I just, I, I thought, say yes to everything, right? Wait. You know, say, and apparently.
1: That's a hard no from me. Yeah. I'm really glad yeah. that you didn't do that. Thank you. Just because I feel like that would be catching up to you for the rest of your life. Like, if America saw you fuck, like, that's a lot. I, anyway, to answer your question, I think that polyamory married, you know, <laughs> if you look good at the time, I could see why you would want to preserve what
2: that. do you mean
3: at the time i mean i look <laughs> always good now i only look no, I better every day about, yeah um, no it's kim true
2: kardashian did her playboy 100 it was chris who was like you're never gonna look this good again. Yeah, yeah which by the way
1: yeah, yeah. jk because dark, kim is like dark. only getting better looking but okay i will uh to answer your question I think the polyamory married and dating stepped in the shit second season when they brought in that triad, that was, first of all, not, a not consensual triad, not, not nearly as attractive as season one, where they were just really, honestly, the most pure, sweet people. Right. Vanessa and Lindsay are still together, by the way. But oh, okay. Anthony, I guess, was arrested for like what? for like um, threatening someone's life. Oh, like, it God. was like really like dark. I mean, he is Italian. He's very passionate. Oh, but um, I I think that they it brought in this other triad that was just like, they really muddied the waters about what that definition was. The wife was by, And like, basically they brought in this, this other girl for those of you at home who still have not watched a series that I, every single week, I think I demand you guys watch this show. So I don't know so why you good. haven't gotten around to it yet. You need to activate that seven day free trial of the home- <laughs> showtime extension on the Hulu app because it is life. It's such a good show. It's like, yeah. One time, I thought they pulled it from the app from Hulu, and I like literally was like about. I was like deactivating my account. I was like writing a letter to the president. I'm like, dear Mister mm-hmm. Hulu, like you fucked up. What have you done? What is that the show? what was the
2: name of the gigolo that you were into? I have the cast of characters. His name's like
1: he's like literally like, named like David. He's like he's like he's not bright. Like he's and by the way, I've come to realize maybe he's not that attractive. <laughs> maybe there was something in him that I was drawn to i don't think his name's really david he's like a brunette he probably looks slow as hell like ed would well, pick the ugly one that's definitely who it is what when,
3: when i was working at exo Jane, i had a reader reach out to me and say that she learned self-love by hiring gigolos and that she lost a bunch of weight and that's when her. she yeah and she had this reward system of like hire a gigolo when you lose X amount of pounds. And I could see if that's you
2: smart. like had dating anxiety. Give yourself a treat, like, Yeah, I think it was a like really a good a, way a, to
1: like dip your toe
2: a in A trauma
3: water. healing type thing for You her, know, that's yeah. the
1: thing though is that like for me that would bring on a lot of dating anxiety. Like whenever a guy's like really – for me, I think that a lot of times when I've had guys be like, hey, like just like, you know, you should loosen up. Like you're a beautiful person or whatever. I'm just like this is about you. Like this is about loosening me up. And getting me more comfortable so that you can then have sex with me. This is just a long road for... This is, like, you trying to come... Like, this is a foot through the back door sort of thing. Not, you know, literally. But, there's also,
3: like, the whole, like, Brene Brown definition of true vulnerability. Yeah. Like, true vulnerability and trust is something that's built over time. It's not, like, an immediate vulnerability dump, which was, like, very shocking for me to learn. You know, I figure you just, like, unload on someone you know three years worth of therapy and you're like look how vulnerable i am but like no that's actually kind of a burden when you just uh throw all that shit on on someone but i think it's i think it's done but i think it's the same thing when a guy is immediately like you know i i can i can see the kind of person that you are and you're like we just met that's a harsh manipulation 10 minutes ago yeah yeah
1: and it's one of those ways that guys kind of talk to you that which i guess this goes back to our um caller is that like you know when you are it's a it's lacking in self-awareness it's doing that thing that i hate which is just assuming everyone's a little bit dumber than you that like a woman wouldn't be able to see that that is exactly what you're doing it's just trying to get in their pants you know, I'm sure there are men out there that want to genuinely empower women. But like when someone from the jump is like, I'm like, no, this is about you want to like fuck
3: my feet or something. Like you- You've read the game, right?
1: Oh, my God. I've read it like three times. To- I love that yeah. you're like touching on all of my favorite <laughs> little things. Like I- I've read the game too many times for mm-hmm. a straight woman. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just so familiar with the text. Um, It's really like it's really interesting. It's very informative
3: my favorite sample nig from the game is those <laughs> buck teeth make you look so cute oh yeah it's like such a perfect illustration
1: of like yeah that. of an egg yeah. yeah i had a guy say to me on oh. a date once it was like it was it was such a uh it was almost like a highbrow neg that i was like this is too nuanced like mm-hmm. you've he goes he's like you have like a uh, melasma and i was like are you like accusing me of like a rare hormonal
3: skin condition <laughs> like this? Is... Well, I don't even know like, what that is. It's like when it you It sounds have... like a really like fancy perfume. It's like I know, right? Um Melasma. I wish. Well, asthma
1: is like a when you get like um pregnant women get it a lot, it's like dark hormonal spots. And like oh it can show God. up and like it's like basically like it's like it's a combination of hormones and sun damage. And I'm like, okay. Okay, let's take our next call. Just be honest, girl. All right, thank you.
0: Okay, hey, moms. Um, It's me. This is, I need this to be very anonymous, but I'm basically at a friend's house right now. Um, it's a couple. It's like a man-woman couple who I know really well, and I know the man way better and way longer. And me and the male partner have been talking about, like, a threesome. Not really a threesome, but just, like, me watching them or, like, observing. Basically, basically just, like, a kinky situation. Oh, my God. I'm already regretting leaving this voicemail right now. Anyway, I'm here right now, and I just, like, don't know how to, like... Make the transition and be like, can I watch you guys fuck? So, this is actually probably not appropriate to play on the pod. I don't know, I've never heard you answer a call like this. It's like so sexual. But I would really, really like to see them fuck. And I'm in this place in my life right now where I just like have been having like such vanilla sex with a boyfriend for so long when I just dumped him like a month and a half ago. And I just really, really want to watch them screw. And I don't know how to do it. And the, the girlfriend is kind of in the dark. She's, like, not really, like, in on the scheme. But I know she'll be down. But, like, I just don't know how to, like, bridge the gap. How do I ask them? How do I do this? Is this really foolish? Like, help me. Also, don't play this call if you think it sounds as crazy and stupid as I think it sounds. Okay, I love you, love you, Christina. Um, don't make fun of me, please don't roast me. Okay, I love you, bye.
1: Right? <laughs> um, no, I first of all, the only thing I'll roast you about is the fact that you are like this means I don't know who the fuck you are. Like, like, hi, Key. Who do you think you are? The number was eight one seven six. But. You know, this isn't your job, actually. This is about your. if you and the guy have been talking, which I don't love, by the way. Yeah, I found that
2: a little bit I don't
1: love that you and him are having these conversations about his intimate life without the girlfriend's involvement. I think that that's really fucking weird. And if I was the girlfriend, I'd be unsoothed, to say the least. I would be humiliated.
3: Yeah. I mean, to me, that's humiliating to know that there is an intimate conversation that's been happening and that there's been an entire scheme Mm -hmm. that is being enacted and you know operation I do think it's have abuses. this hot chick watch me uh, fuck my girlfriend who has no idea what the fuck's going on is um,
1: you know the more you say it the more I'm like that is a I think a form of sexual assault <laughs> now that I really think about it because anytime so, so someone's it's an like un-
2: okay we're gonna get her drunk this night I yeah. think there's a, it's
1: like anytime there's an unaware party in a sexual se- scenario like I mean, I look back on like even just like fucking a thirty year old. Oh my god, Jesus Christ, Molly. Um, by the way, this call is not too dirty. And like, yes, more of this, please. Three, two, three, four, five, zero, seven, four, zero, eight. Always call us about whatever you want. If I don't care if it's you know, don't call me about my glossier order, but then not call me about your threesome. I need to know all the deeds. Um, you know, I I don't even know how to cut like like to
2: categorize this because it's not cu- cuckolding. It's not a threesome. She just wants to. Like, she wants uh, to be a ex-
1: watcher. Yeah. yeah. It's exhibitionism. It's voyeurism, right? Yeah. Voyeurism. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, but I and I, by the way, voyeurism is like such an under it's such an under expressed category. I mean, that's what porn is. It's about watching. People love to watch and be watched. People love frankly. to watch. watched. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that First of all, this is a conversation between him and his partner before it's a conversation between any two people. And I think it needs to start there. Um, I think the most common ways that guys talk their girlfriends into a threesome from what I understand (laughs) or even a viewing situation is to be like, I would love to see you with another girl. It's not about, I think, the uh, saying like, you know, can we can we fuck another chick together? It's about I want to see you with another girl. That's everything I've always heard about how guys kind of convince someone to have a threesome um but they need to have that conversation first and i understand your involvement in it but it almost feels like you guys have been having like some weird almost like irl phone sex of sorts if you this is how you guys are talking about it i'm uncomfortable with the fact that he's having these conversations i feel i feel you. bad
3: that we're demonizing the girl though because i mean maybe there. i'm just gonna do the uh guy who gave his mattress up to the family of uh, baby ducklings type uh, extreme empathy maybe they the the boyfriend girlfriend are um in an open relationship and that that's why it was okay and it wasn't she wasn't going behind sure. the chick's back and maybe I'm not vilifying our caller. okay yeah I no i just I'm i felt this- no, yeah. I'm putting
1: this on the guy. Okay. Like okay. it's always, by the way, it's always about the
0: guy. It's okay. never
1: like, if you're, if you're the other quote unquote, the other woman, it's not about you. It's about the guy. It's about what he's, what he's trying to pull off. Basically. It's not about being a mistress. I don't think the mistress is always on the wrong. It's about the guy. Um, I think the fact that he's I think that he saw that you're single, you're available, that you want to get into more kinky stuff. And he decided to run with that, Um, which, by the way, like, yeah, I think a lot of people out there would say he'd be a fool not to. But like you have to I think he needs to have that conversation with her before you do anything. And I would really strongly advocate for that because, you know, the last thing you want, if you, especially if you're friends with her is to create a situation in which she feels uncomfortable with you, that she doesn't want to be your friend, that she later on feels manipulated by you, or if she finds out that you guys have been discussing this, if I was the other woman in this scenario, if I was the chick, I would feel quite ashamed by that. And I would have a hard time being the voyeur in that situation, knowing that she didn't know. So I think the first thing you do to get this party started is to have him have a conversation with her. Um, and to, I mean, you guys, it's, it sounds like a little bit like she's buzzed, but you guys got to get a lot more drunk than that. Like you do. Like I I can't, I can't possibly imagine doing that sober.
3: Yeah. I, I think that like, just from a very practical standpoint of like, what is the, what is the line that you say aloud verbally to, say hey let's get this party started I mean as weird as it seems I think just actually saying something like what you're thinking is an okay thing to do because I mean if there's not anything that is secretive or um, because you shouldn't be manipulating you know in a situation like that there's like fun sexual tension And then uh, there's manipulation, you know? And I think that if you are trying to um, get someone to do something that they didn't actually want to do, then, yeah, you're not – like, it's not going to be fun. You're going to feel, like, kind of grody about it afterwards, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe it's also about you going out with her and, like, having a fucking shopping day or something at the mall, and then you're getting beers at Red Robin after or something, and you're like, (laughs) by the way, like, you and – Mike or whatever, are really fucking hot couple. And like, I would love to watch you fuck sometime. Just like literally just say it out loud. Just say like, I really appreciate your relationship. I think you guys are really hot together. Like I'm really into that. You know, I think that definitely if you are a drinker or whatever, I, do, I would say that there needs to be some sort of subs- substance involved. I feel like I don't really know anyone that does this sober unless they've done it before. Um uh, I
2: would say like, really carefully told the line of being drunk and being shitfaced because then you want to be sure about you, what you're consenting to.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, I would def yeah, no. I wouldn't say like wait till she's in a blackout. By the way, did you guys see the a really fucking fat ass butterfly just fly that by that window? I was trying to figure out what you were so distracted by. No, literally like unless I'm having some sort of like I don't know what, like whatever they call it when you have those visions, uh deja vu? No, no actually apparently it's uh commonly associated with hypomania but women have that like natural fear instinct oh where fight
3: or flight kind of deal yeah where you're like
1: looking for potential things like i just in my periphery i saw this like just a fucking fat ass butterfly like i can't tell you how big that thing was like it was really big uh it just flew by the window and it caught me real hard Damn, butterfly. Look at my sad rose tree that died out there. That's so sad. It's it's hard to look at. It's like this, this is, is such
3: a beautiful place. This is um basically the book The Secret Garden you Thank know brought you. to life. Yeah, yeah I love I, it. That's
1: why I that's why I got this house. It's only eight hundred and seventy-five square feet, but it's like it's lush as fuck back there. Like I can't, I can't stop talking about it when because I never really look out this window. We have to take a, another picture of the lush. It's gorge. Landscape for a please advise. It's fucking gorgeous. Um, it's the grass is really growing. By the way, thank God that drought is over. Can I just bring up a little some sub, sub, like side thing? One of my biggest pet peeves when I'm hanging out with someone I don't know well. So when they, like, go in the bathroom and they're clearly taking a shit and they start running the faucet really fucking loud. And I'm like, dude, we live in a drought. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you better be, like, washing your hands or washing your face and something in there. If you're just taking a shit and purely running the faucet because you think, I know you're taking a shit. That's why the faucet's on. So let's just, like, fucking cut the illusion in half. Like, you... It really drives me nuts. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. to
3: assign to put up in your Maybe bathroom that yeah. says that. Yeah. If, you're, if you're, you're
1: taking a shit, shit don't run the water. Shit. Yeah. yeah don't
2: run like, the water. <laughs> just like stop <laughs> I come. think that helps them with whatever their poop anxiety might be. It might know, be like, a no,
3: I do thing. it to cover it up. I think I'm super sneaky. I wouldn't do it here because we're in California and I wouldn't do it anywhere else. Is because it because I don't it where? Would you just call it said, like, what do you Does the do water running. just give a shit. Does the water running, like, Sometimes if you have to take a shit, you take a shot. You know?
1: But wait, if the water's running, like, um, does it help with the smell?
3: No, I think it's more the sound of uh, plopping that is disguised. And, ga- and gas, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the initial little, you know. And they
2: like attempts. maybe psychologically need to know. That that sound is happening, so that they can relax a little bit more and like be able to poop comfortably. And if it's a guy, they don't want
3: you to be to have that distraction as to what you think. As if the like
2: (sighs) after from the like air can spray afterwards isn't like a dead giveaway.
1: Or like even just, I'm like, if someone turns on the shower, I'm like, unless you come out here sopping wet. Like I know what just happened. Like <laughs> they don't insult my intelligence. Like it's fine. Like the shower's going and they come out completely dry. Oh my dry. god. When someone turns on the shower, I'm like what is going on in there? We're kind of like Nazi warfare is happening in there that you have to like go do this whole like it's just so dark to me. Also like people get it. obsessive
2: about being clean after they take a poop. So like some people
1: like no, some people literally shower, yeah. but like when people just turn it on in vain, I'm like
2: this is like, I knew a guy Honey. who had to shower every single time after he pooped.
1: I dated a guy who, like, got sick once. And, like, literally, he probably took, like, 98 showers while I was at his house. And I'm like, I get it. You have diarrhea. Like, what is happening like can i go home like why do we have to like i shouldn't have come over like if but would you would you prefer hearing the poop noises over the like wasting of the water i mean i'm irish catholic so i pretend nothing happened all the time like i'm constantly in a state of just like nothing happened i'm constantly in denial it's all okay like you know it's all just like
3: Yeah, I think I think uh, I'm going to transcribe this entire discussion and then print it out on like a calligraphy scroll that you can then hang up in your bathroom and it'll give someone like some reading material. (laughs) I'm Irish Catholic. (laughs) That's
1: the part where they get to totally. I'm really happy about that. Uh, I would love that. Thank you. That'd be very generous. Um, I yeah. Anyways, so there's that. Um, But what so what is she calling about sex? Uh, Yeah, just do it. I mean, like, what do you want? Just do it. What 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 am I supposed to say? I mean, he needs to have a conversation with can, her. Can I
3: do like a little like act out improv yeah, kind okay. of like? Okay, do, so yeah. I'm I'm the girl.
1: Who's
2: hey. the, who's the girlfriend?
3: Um, well, like you two are the The, the yeah, you two are the couple. Oh, okay. am I the and, man? And I'm or the, the girl.
1: I don't think we say anything. I'm okay, just going to talk. <laughs> yeah,
3: and and I'm the girl who's made the phone call. I've just hung up.
1: Quick. I just want to get into character. Oh. <laughs> uh- <laughs> You want to receive it like a man, okay. yeah. So okay. say
3: whatever you're going to say, and then I'll start. Say whatever as the guy.
1: I don't think we were supposed to talk. I think she okay, was just going to talk.
3: Well, I wanted you to the chance to get into character, so just say <laughs> say something that that guy might say.
1: Oh my god.
2: Okay, that's a fine <laughs> thing let's to move say. On. Oh
3: my god. So I would say, I am just wondering. Have you you guys have talked about the thing? that we've talked about right about what we might potentially Ooh,
1: do Oh, that could start some shit girl i mean
3: i would be fine with that though because well that's probably also why i Burned wrote a book called Unwifeable. <laughs> yeah but i mean i just to me i yeah i guess you're right okay so don't listen throw out this entire role play use like, it whoa 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 that's not how we talked
2: about how we were going to talk about this yeah
3: back. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we
2: were talking behind he her totally
3: back. threw me under the bus I don't know why I sound
2: like I'm from the California.
3: That's why everyone hates me. So don't listen to (laughs) my advice. Oh, thanks.
1: I do think that's a really lousy
3: advice. (laughs) I think that's really lousy (laughs) advice.
1: I think (laughs) think the man should like
2: eliminate himself from the scenario. I definitely think this is do the opposite woman woman conversation. Yeah,
3: do the opposite of what I just said. See, it was like a little trick. It was a little trick. And no, that
1: is very like, so I just fucked two Italian guys. Are we getting married or what?
3: <laughs> that falls into the same like earthworm in my brain scenario. Yeah. So yeah. you can have me on as the like bad advice giver pretty much. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sorry. You're not lousy at giving advice. And actually the more, I, this has been a slow burn for me because I actually, the more you say it, the more, I, if I was this caller, I personally would be offended that this guy has been having these conversations with me without involving his wife.
3: Yeah. I mean, I guess I just am. I guess that's my extreme optimism applied to a situation and just hoping that um, I'm just I'm just assuming (laughs) that the wife was in on it. Yeah. And that you would say it then in the context of it being clear that he wasn't (laughs) just but you're totally right. I'm just I'm just willfully ignoring the fact that you're probably right that the wife has no idea. But I, I, but I kind of, I mean, I'm going back and forth. I kind of think that she probably is because, like, that chick sounded like she was having a super sexy, buzzy, penthouse like. I
2: can almost guarantee
1: that the guy has floated the idea to his Of course.
3: Yeah, that's what I think. I don't know
1: that he, she knows that because she wouldn't be so weirded out about bringing it up if both of them knew and she knew that both of them knew because it seems like she has to get someone on board and it sounds like it's the other girl.
2: Right, but I'm saying for sure like he's floated the idea to test the waters to be like, she'd be down for it. Okay, so let's say
1: say that I've had a guy bring up a threesome me to then find out that he's been scouting my friends. And oh, then, like, yeah. Had a conversation that's, I mean, immediate divorce.
3: Back. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> yeah. this is a, it ish- really is. I mean, that's that, that to me is just like a level of uh, humiliation that is just irreconcilable. It's the you know? scouting
1: that bothers me. And frankly, that's it, if not divorce, that's at least a we have to talk to someone.
3: And I think that if it's the case where the woman has no idea, but I think likely from the sexy time vibe we got from that call <laughs> that everyone you don't you don't have someone um if you are a married couple and you've got like a a sexy girl talking in that sexy voice and everyone is talking sexy things like more than likely the wife isn't just like so are we gonna play Pictionary now
1: right
2: you know
3: I mean I kind of just think that has to have been something that he has dirty talked to his wife about
2: she was calling us like in the scenario like it
1: like call us back and let us know what you did what happened that night exactly like first of all how many times now are you looking back on like like conversations you've had with I don't know if you're like me and like very clueless in the moment and then look back and like, Oh my God, that was the most obvious. Like she was hitting on me. Duh. Like the whole time. I feel like, especially with chicks, it's, and by the way, which is why I don't envy your situation at all, Christina, because it's hard to know, like if someone's going to go for it or not, like I've definitely had chicks hitting on me and I'm like, I think she's hitting on me, but, like, that would be really weird. Well, like,
2: the thing is, like, women form emotional intimacy really quickly, and that can be misconstrued for, like, romantic. Yeah. I can have a romantic implication. So it's just, like, what do you do? Do you only hit on people in gay spaces? Right. Like, to be sure. But sometimes you're like, okay,
1: like, that girl's a little drunk. Like, I think she's hitting on me, but I don't know for sure. I think this the way that this girl called. Like, I feel like... She probably touched the girl's hair or something that night and like a little like lingered. Like, or like like a little shoulder. Like when a girl starts like touching my hair and stuff, I'm like, are you like, what is what is happening right now? Like what
3: That happens to me a lot when people get drunk around yeah. me because I've written and talked about sex so much that I think it's like I'm, you know, just like an option on the menu. They're like, You've done some shit. Yeah. You know? You'd be yeah. down. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, without Oof. thinking, like it matters who's involved in the situation. It's yeah, not like they're down for that. No, and and,
3: and 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 I'm specifically thinking of the drunken touching of the hair. Like I just don't, I don't fuck around with just being sober. Like that seems like that would be, I don't know, I wouldn't feel right about. Uh, no, oh, you mean like consensual consensus. Well, yeah, just if someone uh, if someone is normally super reserved and, you know, like buttons their top yeah. yeah, exactly. And you can <laughs> tell that they're not really themselves. Um, you know, it's just like why that that to me is like hiring a, a gigolo. It's like a Maybe slam their dunk. Why would is you want
1: always there? It's just turned down like when they're sober.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think there's like I think there's like good buzzed and then there's like um, if you showed a person a videotape of their behavior the next day, they could never look you in the eyes again buzzed. Yeah. You know, which is I guess not buzz, that's like
1: Like I'd fuck drunk. the exchange student drunk. Like, you know. Yeah. The exchange the metaphorical exchange student listen I don't know what that means. <laughs> i'm just thinking of what my my aunt had an exchange student and how weird that would be if they hooked up anyway I'm we gonna... had we
3: had exchange students who watched us shower naked when we were teenagers oh really yeah they told us that at the end of their stay or at the end of their stay that they could see through because there was like a glass thing in the curtain oh and um yeah it was these guys from denmark that were like by the way we could see you shower that that was not it that was like a like totally insulting like Hispanic accent that I just did there. No, but I But that was that my was, attention. That could be vaguely I was vague, trying like to it went
2: like a Canadian Hispanic. Yeah. Like, I was trying to
3: do I don't I don't know what the Denmark accent I is. A I don't Canadian remember. Canadian
1: Hispanic moment. But uh,
3: one of them was named Trolls and the other one No was
1: not. No, it yeah was Trolls. He
3: was trolls. so hot and his name was Trolls. And he looked like Kurt Cobain. And then the other one wasn't as hot, but he would blast Bon Jovi. No. Like, Which
2: is kind of hot. No. Uh, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. You guys might be into it.
3: I mean, it was though, the I 90s. You know, it's a hard no for me. So,
1: um, I, do, I just realized, though, my aunt's exchange students were Japanese, and maybe I should try and connect with them when I go to Japan. Mm-hmm.
3: So, I'm going to introduce you to my uh, uh, podcast uh, partner, my sometime podcast partner, Graham Smith, who's in a band, Kleenex Girl Wonder, who... He is huge in Japan.
1: Oh, really? And yeah,
3: has like his records have gone gold there, and so he's been to Japan multiple times, and uh, probably has some good advice. I would imagine that
1: sounds good. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I've had, by the way, just a like a flat out, hey, what's up? Um, so many people have connected me to like their friends that are like, they're you know. People who are living in Japan. Yeah, you're probably already connected. No, but I want to... Because I've been paralyzed with fear about my trip up until literally two nights ago when I realized I decided to check a couple hotels and they were fully booked. And I was like, oh... Like you are such a dumbass. Like I guess I just was like, who's going to Japan? And like B- BTW, Japan is the new like having babies on my Instagram feed. Like I feel I know, like so many every- people who are going the same week you are. It's it, wild. It's because it's cherry blossom. No, season. I know, but it's like never been this prolific. Dude, in my life. I'm telling you, like it's like you're either having babies or going to Japan. Like there's two, you have two options on my Instagram feed: Japan or babies. Like that's it.
3: Isn't that where uh, Shoshana went on Girls? Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think that's why though.
3: No, I know. Oh. I just I just oh, yeah. I really wanted to add that into the conversation as my Shosh. contribution. Yeah. yeah. Um
1: but uh yeah, she like works there. I was like Japan seems very smooth and very chic. But I didn't realize that that like oh, you're like not getting into a lot of the hotels that you should. And I booked a lot through Expedia because I just was like getting desperate and weird and I was like you know, I wanted to do a, a mixed situation of staying. And like when I go to Osaka, I'm staying in like a $33 a night Airbnb, which oh, like, cool. inflated my hotel budget, which is great. But um, it was hard to find like, you know, I also really want to stay in nice hotels, too. I know that I'm I've been calling myself Big Molly because I feel like, <laughs> I, don't know where I feel like I, I feel like I'm going to be a giant there. Like I know how tall are you? I'm five, seven and a half, like a five, eight. I'm, you're nice. six, two. I'm six, two. But I'm like, I'm kind of, people always think I'm going to be short and fat. Like they definitely always think I'm going to be, people are always like, wow, you're like smaller person than I thought you would be. I'm like, I lo- I know I look like I should be fat. Like I know that it's because i Probably because of my personality and the fact that I have a round face, I can imagine that a lot of people would think that i That's probably why they always think I'm going to be like five two and like a buck eighty.
3: But um, I, I, I think I, and I mean this is the stupidest possible thing to say, but I think I thought you would just look like adorable, and that's exactly how you look. Thank you, especially because
1: so. I'm. Dis- I haven't showered in like three days. Um, appreciate yeah, but that. you're the kind of
3: person who like it's impossible to. There are some people who like they have this snot you know, kind of like build up and runs and you don't. Yeah, there are certain people who is just not. uh, Well, thank
1: you, especially because I feel like uh, I'm the grossest person in the world right now with my sinus infection, which is, by the way, a lot better. Thank you. And I'm glad if uh, America out there is wondering, yes, I did have to cry to get antibiotics, which is the darkest story of my life. The fact that I'm like, who's like you think I'm like that kind of person that I'm out there abusing antibiotics? Like, what kind of fun, sexy time is that? (laughs) Um, But. Anyway, um, I, f- I keep calling myself Big Molly because I from the very beginning of me booking my Japan trip, I got really like everyone was like, you got to stay in one of those places. It's like you just sleep in a stall or whatever. Oh,
3: God, no. And
1: I'm like, I know me. <laughs> I'm going to I have like a hard time walking into a room gracefully, let alone like anywhere I go in Japan. I'm already worrying about being like a fucking chick logan paul and being accidentally disrespectful and like i'm you know i've had like nightmares about like just disrespecting the culture somehow and i know that like god forbid like i go out and have some sake bombs or whatever by myself which i would absolutely do like i'm going to that robot bar alone i had to book a table for one um but I'm just like, I'm going to get hammered alone and then like coming back and like crawling into my stall <laughs> and I seeing all my friends go like their their suitcases are all like neatly lined up. I'm like, I'm just not a neat person. Like anywhere I go, it looks like a bomb was set off within five minutes of me being there. So um,
3: you're the big Molly bomb,
1: a big Molly. Oh Yeah, actually, don't
3: make bomb jokes. Oh, uh, it's Japan.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. Bombs are sensitive. Pretty. I think they're sensitive everywhere. Right. Are they extra sensitive in Japan? Yeah, but like World War Because
3: of you know. Are you
1: allowed to call it a sake bomb in Japan? Uh,
3: probably. I'm. I'm sure you are. Yeah. No. I, don't I, think I you just... just call
1: it. I don't think you. Yeah. You probably just don't say bomb when traveling <laughs> <laughs> in general. Do you know? Have you been but to the not Burbank particularly Airport? Particularly to go, no. to
2: countries that we dropped an atomic bomb.
1: I on. love it because it's the only airport I've ever been to in America. And I'm like, is this because like comedy writers like work in Burbank? I don't know. But there's literally signs all over the Burbank Airport that say no jokes. Like, right. Don't make. Oh, and I'm always great. like, first of all, like only in Burbank would you see that. But like no jokes. Like, it's the oddest sign I've ever I, seen I almost
3: ruined someone's life and probably did <laughs> temporarily ruin their life because when I was a reporter at the Des Moines Register, yeah. there was some business dude who was annoyed at airport security. This was like 98, 99. And they said, what do you have? Do you have anything, you know, we should be concerned about? And he said, yeah, I have an A-bomb. And uh, I think they had to, I think it got back to the flight maybe and they had to ground it. But every day in the paper, I would write updates about what happened (laughs) to this guy. And then his wife called me and she was like, you're ruining our life. And I was just like, I'm just like a 21 year old reporter just doing what I'm told. But yeah, don't make the uh, a bomb joke.
1: I worked in, I worked in like, that's hilarious time, though. Too. No,
3: no, no jokes.
1: It says no jokes. It's like, like, honestly, that's a good sign. And also like, wh- like as if Burbank's like the joke capital of the world. <laughs> like, I really don't understand like why that airport in general, again, maybe it's because it's in the Valley, but I seriously doubt that like the, how I met your mother writer's room was getting out and going directly to the Burbank airport i really don't understand why it's those so kind of, close to the wb lot you know it's just like people just walking off that hilarious ass wb lot <laughs> it was during the friends years probably yeah seriously exactly I, I really don't understand why it's so funny to me um we're gonna wrap this up because mandy and i would have smoked a cigarette but um you know what, girl? Can we like,
3: can we do a Jessica Delfino uh question was, before yeah, we end next. it? Okay, I just mean good. we're going to wrap up this this
1: sexual awakening, young lady. Okay, good, 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 good. good. But I call just... us and let us know if you got to watch your friends fuck. 323 450 And even if you aren't that girl, call us about stuff like that. I would love to just hear you talk about fucking your friends. All right.
2: So, Molly, we actually got uh an email from Mandy's friend, okay. Jessica.
1: okay. I'm excited to hear. Uh, are you curious as to like what she might have? Ooh, written sis. Oh my god. Mandy's just showing me this jacket. <laughs> uh-huh. Wait, it's called the brand is called Rude. It's r h u d r h u d e Um, which is an offensive spelling in and of itself. But this is actually I have a jacket like this, it's leather, but it doesn't say you're lost, never mind.
3: I told I told Molly how I bought a jacket very quickly. And didn't look at the writing on the back. And on the back oh, it says God. in gigantic letters, "Your loss, never mine."
1: Which, by the way, is such. So, do you mind if I say That's that? Very like, Christina if,
3: has a look like she just lost a loved one in her family. It's so
1: Fred Siegel too, because only at Fred Siegel <laughs> would they charge the amount of money that you paid for that for a jacket that says that. Like, and you know who would also who would buy that, Ed? That's also it's also a very
2: like if you can't have me at my ex, you You can't can't have have me at my, yeah. Yeah,
3: Yeah, the example I gave when I was trying to return it. And if anyone from Fred Siegel is listening, I there's no excuse for being such a psycho bitch that I was when I was trying to return it, which they did not let me. So I apologize from the bottom of my soul. But uh, I, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> um but I uh I forget what the fuck I was gonna say. What were we talking about?
1: You gave an example when Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I
3: said when I was trying to return it. I said I said this is like this is like something that says in giant letters, "You can't afford me." You know, yeah. like I'm a 42 year old married woman. I would never buy. <laughs> I would never buy something that says yeah. "You're lost." Never mind. But can't yeah, touch this. Allison. Yeah, exactly. I a- wish Alice <sighs> Allison Freer. Hopefully, I'll be able to uh, have so on. I'm. I, I'm trying to think. Like, could it be or loss ever? Ein? Yeah. Like like what would be, you know, <laughs> h- how, how could I tweak the saying to be something that I full heartedly support?
1: I think you're looking for some sort of like, um, what do they call those Harley Davidson dudes? Uh, Hell's Hell's Angels. Like I think you're looking for some sort of like Hell's Angels style large ass. Yeah, patch like when, when they I cover up say, tattoos. The like... placement has thrown me. Like I'm telling you that <laughs> I, I will tell you that I'm a little bit now more concerned than I was prior to seeing that oh, photo. No, but what I would, I think maybe you could get florals very in right now. I think you could maybe get some like old uh style rose patches. That that's go a good idea.
3: Okay, but roses. Yeah, there you go. It's
1: very. That's it's an aggressive. It's that is that is an aggressive jacket. It's the
3: most aggressive thing I've ever accidentally bought. I just thought it was a nice like black silk.
1: What I love is that it could not more clearly say that on the back, and I love that that is <laughs> a that is such a panic purchase. That's yeah. such like a I'm running late. I had to get this. I'm fucking freezing. Like I and by the way, like I have done that too on the way to podcast. Like yeah. I did a podcast in New York, and like the host was running literally one hour late, and. I was in Dumbo and it was, like, breezy and I didn't realize how fucking cold it was outside because it was also, like, summer. So it should not have been cold in New York. And I went and bought a jacket at this place and, like, it's not pretty. Like, it's not a cute jacket. (laughs) And it was, like, a little bit... It was very, like, Brooklyn artisanal, like, fucking just, like, just... I don't vaccinate my children. That's basically... The jacket might as well have said, I don't vaccinate my children. Right. Um, And the host, like... (laughs) Roasted me about it She was like Let's see this jacket And she went to do like An on air reveal And I was like I would prefer not to do an on-air reveal of this like panic purchase I had to make because you right. were running an hour late. Right. But then she like roasted me for like hours about this po- about this jacket that I like panic purchased because I was freezing and like there was nothing else to buy.
3: Oh, I wasn't freezing. I just wanted to cover up. This, oh, your toothpaste, this dress, and just I just wanted. I want. Sometimes you can make like I. I have a twenty six hundred dollar leather jacket yeah. that i panic purchased and i have worn that and gotten probably you know five to ten thousand dollars worth of wear out of yeah. it and i just i wanted something to immediately like uh fix my life yeah where it was just like yeah she may kind of like smell but like she has it together look at this fucking jacket you know
1: what you need yeah. to do is have just kidding you need to just have just kidding, like, embroidered on the back. I think that's the save, as you embroider something underneath it that's like, just, just kidding, I'm an
3: asshole. Like Just kidding. That's great. Like, that's,
1: that's I think, the only... JK. JK. Like...
3: <laughs> JK, LOL.
1: Yeah. That's you, I think that's the... I think that might be the move, because okay. I'm not really sure how else <laughs> you remedy that. It was the placement that's really thrown me now. Right. Um, but anyway, back to Jessica. So yes. Jessica wrote... Uh, a slew of questions. How do you know Jessica?
3: Uh, I, I she was one of the first friends that I made in New York. She's a comedian, and yeah, we've just kind of known each other over the years. And uh, she's a great, great, very talented woman. And she has actually a she started a blog because she has uh, one kid. And okay. I guess there's a saying that you say when uh, you. Only plan on having one kid, which is one and done. Yeah, one and done. Yeah. So she started a, a medium blog that's called One and Done. And, and she kind of chronicles her.
1: One and done is also the expression they use in the Warner Brothers sexual harassment seminar. What? Where, yeah. So like they say that, like, yes, like, we, we don't discourage employee dating. It's in fact, it's fine. Okay. Like, that was part of the thing is like, are you allowed to date a coworker yeah. when you meet someone? And they said that in terms of, like, hitting on someone at Warner Brothers, it's a one-and-done situation. So oh if you my try God. it once and the person's, like, not feeling it, then you're done. So I do oh. love – I love one-and-done as an expression yeah. because it's so true. Like, you got to stop – if like, sometimes there's things in life you just got to break it at one. And I'm with you on that. I have to say I grew up as an only child and I have been having a little bit of a – just as a side tangent, I have been having a little bit of an emotional crisis because – I often don't realize, like, how shitty my childhood was until until someone else gives me perspective because it's the only child that I know. Right, right. And I've been watching this family on YouTube that's um, hiking the Appalachian Trail together, which is 2,000 miles. I don't know if you know. It takes six months to do the Appalachian Trail and completion. And um, they're – like, everyone I know is, like, disgusted by these people. They think it's fucking insane that they would be doing this with six children under the age of 15. Their oldest is 15 and their youngest is two. And everyone's, like, just mortified this family's doing this. Because the weather conditions are really rough and everything like that. And I realized the other day that the reason why I like it is very similar to the reason why I love 7th Heaven, which is that I just was, like so amazed by their togetherness. Mm-hmm. like, And I think that that was it. I don't know how I really started this except to say that, like, the only downside of being an only child is actually can be quite lonely. Mm-hmm. And you and you try and make up for it in other ways. Like, I'm a 34-year-old woman. I was going to say 32. I'm a 34-year-old woman that is, like, taking this out on this YouTube family and just, like, really <laughs> savoring every minute while everyone else I know is completely disgusted by their entire journey.
3: Right, They yeah. think they're
1: weird because they're Jews for Jesus. And, like... <laughs> a lot anyway um uh, back to jessica again uh do you know uh, christina so she wrote a bunch of questions right she wrote like four questions are so they we quickies?
2: can quickies? huh are they quickies yeah we can do like lightning round ish like, yeah sure yeah like quick takeaways but some of these you can maybe get a little deep i don't know I uh so the first can. question is what are some easy ways to be a good friend easy only please
3: easy ways to be a Listen. good friend um I think, I mean, Jessica is a very good friend. She texts me making sure, you know, hey, are you feeling any better today? Um, Inviting me over to, like, experience, you know, uh, the positive baby energy power. Um, All of those things are, you know, incredibly, incredibly kind. Um, And I, I think just... You know, and she's done this, and I've had other friends do it, and I should do it. I should do it more, um, because whenever I do it, makes me feel really good. But when you tell someone just exactly why their kindness, or you know, favor, or or hookup, or insight into who you are, or advice, I had someone give me really great advice about my marriage recently. Um, uh, she just, she just said, well, I think he's showing that his boundaries are that he doesn't want to talk to you when you're acting like this. And I was like, okay, well, that's actually a really good way to just kind of, you know, and telling that person, I just want you to know I was completely lost without you. This was the day I was having until we had that conversation rather than just, um, you know, moving on to the next thing, but like really telling the person just what like a positive impact uh, they had is is really a nice thing to do. I don't know what you're Localize.
1: I mean, I'm the same. I do that through a thing that I actually have gotten a lot of compliments on from friends that I didn't realize would be as meaningful to them as I thought at the time, which is like I just Tend to keep a lot of like greeting cards on hand and stuff like that, and I always am sending my friends mail. Like yeah, that's I'll just nice. write them a letter and be like, "Hey, I'm thinking about you. I hope you're having a great day." This card reminded me of you, or whatever. Um,
3: that's really nice. And then I
2: think the other I make a lot of like mental notes of things that they mention if they like like a certain like I don't know book or yeah. like an author or like they saw something cute or like
1: yeah. Uh, the other thing I think which is connected to that is to. I think a lot of people for survival instincts or whatever else, they don't keep a long memory and they don't keep a they don't try and have like they don't remember how shitty they felt in a moment, for example. Um, And so a big thing for me that I've actually received a lot of like praise from from friends, which is that I remember how bad breakups feel. And a lot of times when you go through a breakup, if you talk to your friends who you're like, oh, they'll understand they fucking don't understand. They don't remember how bad it feels. They say like, you know, you'll you'll get over it. You know, right, or like right.
3: just dismissing it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and and it's like, you know what? No, like, I think it's actually quite important to remember that because as someone who has found a very found very lackluster responses from people at times, um, it. They, for, you know, you forget how good it feels to just have a friend around. Like, Christina's always been very good at that. Like, just, you know, not necessarily knowing how to fix the problem, but to just show up. And so I think remembering crystallizing memories, like how bad a breakup feels, like how bad it feels when you fight with your parents, how, like how terrible it feels when like you lose a friend or whatever remembering those things so that you can be a present person for them when they go yeah. through it it's not even about like torturing get yourself really
2: uncomfortable like when they encounter another person crying even if they have been like really good friends with them they just like kind of get caught up in themselves and I think that the big thing you have to remember that it's like not about you just right try to like find out what that person needs in that moment exactly and it might not be like super like affectionate or anything it might just they just need someone there with them in the room whether or not you guys are like hugging or whatever it doesn't matter they just need someone there for that moment and just let people feel their feelings to like the fullest
1: So <laughs> people
2: rush to like fix it or minimize it and it's just like no this person needs to feel their feelings in this moment just let them
1: Yeah. And like not everyone's an easy crier. That's the other thing to remember is that for a lot of people, by the time they get to the point that they're like crying about something, it's really fucking affecting them. And you need to like honor that actually and really like show up for it and be like, okay, like this is how I'm going to help you get to the other side of that because I know it feels really fucking shitty. And like that, I just think it's a very easy thing you can do is like for the sake of being present for other people is to appreciate your own hard moments and that's you know and be vocal about what it's not mean. easy yeah I, you know that is work but like it's also it, I think you'll be better for it in the long run if you can go out of your way to try and like memorize a feeling
2: and also like nobody handles those per- those situations perfectly but like just the friend you will appreciate you even trying yeah true life just try make an effort make yeah concerted effort that's how you be a good friend I think
1: and also be the friend that you would want I was talking to someone recently Absolutely. who is saying that like she's like, I just talk to these people and I can tell they don't give a shit about me. And like, they're going to repeat what I say. And I was like, then don't say it to them. You know what I mean? Then like, that's not your friend that you talk to about that. Like I have two friends that I tell things to and everyone else is kind of just like a, you know, I can't go there with them. And so like, yeah. yeah, part of it is also, you know, being, being the friend that you can say things to, or knowing that, you know, kind of, Don't repeat things like be about, you know, be a boundary haver with the people that aren't your friends like that, that you can't be there for them, that you can't show up. Like, don't let them get that deep because I hate it. The last thing I want is for someone to get deep with me and then not be able to show up for them because then I just feel fucking terrible because I'm like, I can't. I've told friends before, like, I'm not a safe harbor for this. You know, like this is not I remember I actually had that reaction with someone about Coachella last year as they were going on and on to me about Coachella. And I was like. Here's the thing, I don't care about it like I really can't I can't care for you about this so stop telling me like was
3: mean, that a close friend who was telling you
1: it was someone that's just like, yeah it was like it, they were kind of close but like not close enough that like I could make it my business and okay. like I also was just like there's 9,000 other things that I'll talk to you about and I'm sure you have 9,000 other friends that you can talk to about this gotcha. when it comes to your Coachella trip I don't give a fuck like I'm not <sighs> a safe harbor for this like I'm not going to honor this information I don't value it I don't feel for you like this is just don't bother me with it and like that's I I think being honest is also sometimes the best way you can show up as a friend as well and be like for some reason the situation's touchy for me and I'm not going to be able to give you the reaction you want next question
2: what are your favorite late night snacks in alphabetical order
3: uh that's hard to do but you can just
2: do regular late night
3: snacks yeah let me think um I'm gonna try and do it in alphabetical order, which I would say Oreos
2: Have you had the Oreo Yogurt
3: thins? What?
1: Have you had have, no, uh, have you ever had the Oreo thins?
3: Yeah, but I prefer the double stuff.
1: See, I think that's so funny you say that. <laughs> I think Oreo thins are the way that Oreos were supposed to taste. Like, I think that they are the exact right cookie to frosting ratio. Yeah, with double stuff, I don't I know like what a to regular do with Oreo myself. I don't so know we what have to do with all that people. stuff. I really don't. Yeah, Big Molly likes the thin ones. <laughs>
3: Uh, and then I guess since I can only do a Z now, since I've done the yogurt. Zebra
1: cakes? What else do you have?
2: Uh,
3: yeah, like just live zebras. <laughs> I like to <laughs> nibble zebra- on their ears, yeah. Zebra
1: nuggets. So
2: oh, that
3: would be my answer. I was
1: thinking about Wags' his little ears when you said that. Um, I, you know, C is for cereal, man. And like, I have to say... No one likes cereal more than America at night. We love cereal at night. I don't know what it is. There's something so satisfying about a bowl of cereal at night. I am more likely to eat cereal at midnight than I am in the morning. I think it's so good. I don't know what it is. We all love eating cereal at night, and we don't talk about it. When
3: did you decide this
2: for uh, the? Because re- I certainly don't like eating cereal. Yeah, at
3: I, night. I, I, do. I do. I would say
1: probably a year ago I realized we all eat cereal at night. No one talks I about it. I
2: never eat cereal at night.
1: I, I, I think I don't want to go my, to bed with
2: like dairy mouth. I brush my teeth before bed, but it's still, I use lactate like ling- instead do? of milk,
3: yeah. Ooh, so uh, I guess it's lactate mouth, which, which sounds really disgusting. Are you...
1: Um, lactose intolerant?
3: No, just I was going to say know. that seems
1: like a little bit of a crime, unless you can't process dairy. But you know I, what? It, it tastes
3: the same, and um, yeah.
1: You know, so. have you ever met one of those people who put OJ on cereal? Oh, it disgusts me. And yeah. I grew up with so many people that like didn't eat milk, so like they would pour OJ on their cereal, and I can't think of anything more disgusting. That is not the way
2: the craftsmen who have made cereal wanted. That's like people who listen to podcasts, like sped up
1: yeah oh <laughs> oh i have a real hard time with that remember we had a guest on he was like i listen to a podcast i'm like why are you bragging about that like and he was saying like i get madison perry i think his name was you get more he's like you get to listen to more podcasts that way and i'm like but and as a creator i'm like the timing is off like
2: you don't make it to be like heard that way when
1: i hear a podcast <laughs> like and it sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like, I have a real visceral reaction. And the first thing I do is I check to see the speed. Because I'm like, this is too – people aren't supposed to be talking that fast. <laughs> like, it's just weird.
2: Yeah, no, but a lot of people listen to podcasts at, like, high speed. And like, I guess a lot of people will eat uh, cereal with OJ. And then after that – I wonder if there's, like, a cross, like, a Venn diagram of people.
1: I Probably. love frozen yogurt at night. I love a frozen... I'm I, more often you're than like, not, You're, like, big into eating dairy at night. Don't talk about me like that. <laughs> uh, I am. No, I'm, like, big on a cheese plate. I'm big on a, like, a... Oh, I love, like a glass of rosé or like some nice white wine and a cheese plate like i'll go down on that shit like right now i want that right now actually
3: yeah che- cheese is my weakness i could never eat chocolate again if i could eat good gouda and uh pecorino and
1: oh yeah have you heard of the jalapeno, this, jalapeno apparently there's this like cross pepper, section Jack. of taste of <laughs> taste where Burrata. every every single person i guess Bree. Across the board. There's a cross section of food. Someone told me this once. You either crave three of these things or and you don't like one. Much and at it's else. cheese, bread, olives, and
2: chocolate. I like cheese and chocolate. I mean, I love bread and chocolate.
1: You like cheese? I can like um give or take cheese. And do you hate olives? I hate olives. See, that's that's what it is, is apparently three of those everyone likes three of those things and they dislike one. Yeah.
3: Which, which I like I, all of them. You do, yeah. But but I don't. I don't crave. Uh, I mean, if I were to rank them, it would probably be uh, bread. Is bread my number, number one. one. Yeah, bread number one. I don't
1: like bread. I love bread. Just bread like number
3: one. Uh, cheese number two. Chocolate number three. Olives number four. But yeah, olives are a nice are a nice kind of flavor. You know, a comparison.
1: I love an olive. I do. I hate olives. Whole olive. life. Yeah, love I like olives. olives. I love those. Um, the They begin with this. They're like Castellano or something. They're like really. Capers? Capers I
3: love. Yeah. But
1: um, no, they're, it's a certain type of olive and it's the only kind I like in my mind. I don't mind a
2: caper. I hate an olive. Really? I like green
3: olives. I wish that all pizzas had green olives in stock instead of just the black ones. I grew those to are... love
1: green olives as an adult. Interesting. As a child, put a green olive in front of me worst day of my life i don't
2: mind like an olive if it's like cooked in the dish like it's just, but I, I will take it out after it's been cooked like i don't mind the a little bit of flavor yeah but yeah no i don't like olives yeah next question can you drive a stick shift how about with your eyes closed fuck
3: no uh no
1: next question last question can you drive a stick shift no, no. you just learned how to drive. here's the
2: thing i drive like someone who does drive a stick shift
1: you okay i was
2: driving with my co-worker in a car and i was like just doing my normal like stance and she's like do you drive stick and i was like i've never driven stick in oh because you life. hold
1: that thing the whole time you drive yeah
2: and it's i realized it's because i drove a lot of car games as a kid yeah <laughs> and i always picked manual whenever I was uh, like i wanted the control okay so now it's like permanently affixed into my driving habits from like playing you know Sarah my old roommate
1: could drive a stick and I was like I'm sorry are you a farmer like how did you learn how to do that
2: I think people need them for like
1: off-roading
3: yeah I had to drive rural areas I had to drive a stick once when I was driving up to Seattle with Mm -hmm. my best friend at the time Sarah and we got into this like laughing fit where I couldn't shift and there was like three semis behind us Honking and then I think I farted and like took off the cap that was on my head and there was a giant line and it was like one of those just moments of just unrestrained just laughing hysterical fit. Yeah, I think we eventually moved. We might that, have had like, to switch seats. That like panics me
1: on your part, <sighs> really. Yeah, well, first of all, dr- going on a road trip with a stick—like yeah. I just—I love a road trip, so yeah. I know. Like, but I just know that like you're just sitting there. Like, it took me eight hours to drive home from Vegas once, and I just remember si- I was just sitting there for like for eight hours, and and the idea of doing that with a stick terrifies me. Ugh, uh, I wouldn't know what to do. I drove one once when I was seven in Italy. This is That's the only time I've ever driven one. And I guess maybe that's why I think it's so hard because I was a little child last time I tried it. But I would be so panicked the whole time if I had to do that now.
3: I'm, yeah, I'm proud I, of you. There's only Yeah, there's only been a couple of times in my life where it was just like unrestrained laughing fit. And I wish it happened more. The last time it happened was when I was reading – Exo Jane and I was reading and this is recently because the site shut down and so somehow all of the comments have gotten mismatched and so it's this conversation between people saying what the hell I was reading an article about uh cat hair in someone's vagina. I was reading about someone who wants to break up uh, with their boyfriend because he has an interracial fetish. (laughs) I was reading, you know, and this conversation between the commenters just led me into this hysterical laughing fit and it was like so joyous. I love that.
1: I was laughing about, I was doing this last week about Beyonce like getting bit on the face. Like I think it it hit me for the first time really because I was talking about it out loud. I've been for I've been alone for two and a half weeks. The only people that I have seen are Chris is Christina and guess some please advise because I've just yeah. been so sick that I've been in bed desperately afraid of being sick on a 11 and a half hour flight, which I still can't get over the fact that I have to do that. Um, So I but I remember like saying like Beyonce got bit on the face and it was the first time I had heard myself say it out loud and I couldn't stop laughing. Like I was like, this is the most insane thing I've ever said out loud. And also the more I was thinking about like the logistics, like how do you bite a face? Like it's not like Beyonce has a fat face and you can like take a chunk out of it. Like Beyonce couldn't have a more slender face. So like, where do you start the bite? Like, where does it happen? Like with an apple, I know where to bite. But if someone was like, can you bite this cantaloupe? I'd be like, well, where, like, where do (laughs) I bite a cantaloupe? I can't, Someone bit Beyonce on the face. Like, that is crazy to me.
3: (laughs) I had a guy bite me on the face on a a date. And I was like, what the fuck? And he said, what? Oh, are you into... uh, What are you into? Tonguing? Like, regular Midwestern tonguing? And, like, that was, I guess, how this guy... That was his move was just, like, face-biting. This is where
1: you learn that, like, someone had a weird thing happen when they were, when they were like, 12. <laughs> right, Like, no right. one, like, taught them how to kiss. By the way, like, have you ever had to tell a guy that you're, like, a bad kisser? Like,
3: yeah, I have. I- I've it done It stays that. with them the rest of their life. That
1: you're a bad kisser or the guy's The, the
2: guy's a bad, guy's kisser. A bad kisser, Like, yeah. you have to
1: be, like, that's – whoever taught you how to kiss,
2: like, never spoke up. Like, they never grew out of, like, the middle school, like, just open, like – Jamming well, just the or or or, or, mouth. or just or, like licking
3: your chin, you know, yeah. like that's that's the time I told someone there it's just should because, be no like, drool involved in kissing.
2: If you have to like wipe your mouth oh. when you're like finished making out with, someone, yeah, and it's like several times. That was like what I meant by like middle school was very like. This
1: is so drooly. I dated a guy not that long ago that kissed like a fucking toddler. Like I was like, I feel like I'm kissing like someone's niece or nephew. Like it just was like you are so tight mouthed and like oh like I he was, didn't like,
3: where's wanna... she going yeah with this?
1: yeah I was really trying to understand I was like, How
2: do you know what a toddler is like, <laughs> no it's just like
1: a tight little like peck. now and I I'm understand just, like, like... Yeah. yeah and I'm just like this is like not sexy it's not sensual it's not yeah. sexy it's not like passionate like this really feels like i'm like i have a niece or a nephew and then i'm trying to be sexually intimate with i feel so uncomfortable i was so uncomfortable and like
3: that's actually a relief because if you had gotten like really if bite. you were like this is my thing yeah that concern would have yeah. been really sad no oh god no yeah. oh my god
1: can you imagine last question <laughs> why do bad people
2: happen to good places
1: Oh, like a loud-ass person at brunch? Like the person who bit Beyonce at that concert.
3: Ooh, drugs.
1: That was drugs, apparently.
2: Yeah.
3: I think that just the weird way that humanity works is that, like, in order to appreciate sometimes the really amazing, wonderful, sparkly, spectacular people that we also have really disturbing, uh, troubled people. And if you can look at it within the perspective of, oh, what a contrast that makes me appreciate Molly and Christina even more yeah, type of thing. Um, because, yeah, that's always going to, there's always going to be... There's always going to be that that guy or that girl, um, and sometimes I mean I've been that bi- that guy or that girl where it's we've just all like, been that person. The, b- the bad time has arrived. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Or like, okay, oh, yeah, this is this, person. this usually
2: is- at a group dinner. Group dinners really set me off.
1: Well, I had to learn, like you know, at a certain point in life, because Ed would always like bully me into going out, even if I didn't want to be there and I didn't like the people. He'd be like, "Come on, you're coming," and I'd be like, "Listen." I've learned in life that showing up and being rude and being a bad time is like very easy to avoid. You just vocalize, I'm going to be a bad time and I don't want to be there. Like yeah. the last thing you want to do is show up and be a wet blanket. So you got to know thyself. But it's so funny that this is like random, but I was looking at um, Pat Oswald's wife, Meredith uh, Salinger, I think her name is, uh, her Instagram the other day. And she was at the Vatican, I think, and some guy just like was there in super tight, tight shorts, like leaning over a balcony, just like kind of leaning. I, maybe she was at Versailles, and the guy was like leaning, and like he just looked like he had his fucking ass out, like at the most gorgeous place in the world. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, what does it feel like to be that guy that doesn't realize your like ass crack is showing at the Vatican? Like, what is that like? Like, what is it like to. So I, I, uh, some girl from Vanderpump Rules was like telling a story on a podcast about how she went to the Vatican and was like underdressed. Like she was wearing like a tank top and like maybe a crop top, even in shorts. And like she didn't realize that it was like completely inappropriate to show up to the Vatican and like a crop top and shorts. And I'm just like, that's a manners thing. Like, your parents didn't raise you, right? Like, you don't know. But like, it's like, would you even go
2: to a church? Like, I don't understand what the lo- her logic was in wearing that when, Like, I think she not a lot know of what the pe- Vatican
1: is? I think a lot of people think it's a tourist attraction. They don't realize. Like, poor Tiffany Trump at Easter Mass and, like, some fucking BB dress. Like, she just looked <laughs> so inappropriate. And I was just like, first of all... Trump, like, you would never let Ivanka show up like that. Like, you just roll Tiffany out to humiliate her, and that's not okay. I really do think that they roll Tiffany out to just, like, leave her looking embarrassed because they don't put her in wardrobe and makeup. They don't give her anything else that all these other children of his have. Um, Tiffany – oh, Wax looks so cute right now. His little mouth. I love the corners of his mouth. But some people just, like, they don't realize, like – I just think about my grandmother and how my grandmother would have probably had a fucking heart attack if she saw someone at church like that. Like it was inappropriate to show your form. It was inappropriate to be half dressed. Like you had to have tights on if you were going to church. Like you weren't allowed to show up looking like I still have to check myself sometimes when people wear hats inside. That's still like a thing for me. It's weird. Ed was wearing a hat at mass and uh in, in college, and um he had been coming from the gym and like first of all, like God bless Ed. Like I went to Boston College too, and for four years I did not go to one mass, which is like a big faux pas. Like you have to be a practicing Catholic at BC. And Ed would go. And, um, I remember Ed like came in late to church and was just sitting in the back and some guy like turned around and was like, excuse me, can you take your hat off? And like, it is, you're not supposed to be wearing a hat in church, but it also was like a big fucking spectacle. And he was like humiliated. He's like, I'm just trying to get my mask on dude. Like I'm trying to do my Sunday prayers. Like it's like 6 PM. I just came from the plex and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to give it up to God right now. Like, can you, you know, but
3: I'm going to have the back of that jacket. I'm going to have it embroidered with, I'm just trying to get my mass on. <laughs> and then I can wear it that to can church. That a lot of things. That can yeah. mean you're
1: trying to get your Massachusetts on.
3: <laughs> yeah. Anything. Yeah, totally.
1: Vineyard vines. Okay. Uh, any more questions? That's it.
3: Great questions, Jessica.
1: Um, are we wrapping up this epi? You guys, thank you so much for listening to Please Advise episode 162. Uh, Mandy, thank you so much for being here. Please get her book, Unwifeable, which is at com. Yeah,
3: if you go to com, it'll take you right to the Amazon page. And I think people will... If a single thing I said you thought was interesting, there's 9 million more interesting things in the book. So.
1: And you can also probably get it on Audible too, right?
3: You can. I narrated it myself. Ooh, how
1: was that experience for you? It was
3: very intense. And by the end really? of it, I was kind of best friends with the two women who were in the booth. It's very
1: raw. It's very vulnerable to read. Like
3: It is. Yeah. Those people. Well, yeah, because you're having to – Uh, Do characters you're having to read emails drunk texts that you sent well I guess not everyone that is that doesn't comprise every book but for my book there was a lot of weird shit to be reading aloud but I loved it I was really happy with it and there's like a special bonus track at the end on the audible that is uh, me talking to my husband about the book and the process. I and love how that. Weird. Yeah, yeah, it was I fun. I really
2: do. I think that's great. Uh, I I, love, I like when people play a little bit more in the audiobook because it's a different medium. You should embrace Kathy that. Kathy Griffin like does that a lot,
1: up, which yeah. I really like, but also... Um, Amy Poehler did
3: Amy really po- well. that's, that's the one I thought of too. Can yeah. I give a
1: shout out to a former XO Jane writer as well who did a really good job with her audiobook? Um, if you don't mind, Kat Marnell did an amazing job Yeah, I listened
3: to her book on audio. Yeah, yeah.
1: and a lot of people don't like like uh, audiobook that's not written by like a performer or um or read by a performer because it does sometimes authors like they're not they're lackluster. No, it's you know? weird.
2: They can't like read their own stuff. It's like Caitlin yeah. Jetter
1: didn't read her book. Um Okay. Um, she was just, dys- I actually really like it it endeared me to her immediately because like it was a whole separate forward that she wrote for the audio. I'm yeah. sure someone wrote it for the <laughs> audiobook, um, where she basically says like, I'm severely dyslexic and that's why I don't read this book. That's oh, because- interesting. And I'm severely dyslexic as well. So like right o- for some reason I melt when someone else owns up to that because it's really like it's a very vulnerable thing and like dyslexia is like a strangely humiliating learning disability because it's not it's so abstract and it shows up so differently for different people. Yeah. Like I can always tell when someone's dyslexic and they're not diagnosed. Like Kendall Jenner, I was watching her read uh something in an old like YouTube video she did with Kylie and like she was reading and I was like, "Oh, she's dyslexic." Like oh, I was like she's definitely dyslexic. Um so you got it from her daddy, I guess. But um, yeah, I uh, I wanted to say Marnell's book was great. I'm sure yours is incredible as well. That sounds really interesting. That thing with your husband at the end.
3: Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was. uh, It wasn't planned or anything, but he just came in the last day of uh, recording because I had like begged him to uh, because I wanted him to see it was such it's such an interesting experience to to record. And uh, yeah, it was fun.
1: Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for listening to Please Advise. Uh, Mandy, I'm really excited to read your book. I'm so thank happy. To I'm going to be bringing it to, Big Molly's bringing it to Japan with her. So nice. I'm excited uh, to read it as a large and uncharged white woman in Japan. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> wags thank you for being you as always i feel like he always
2: knows when we're wrapping up the pod because he always barks at the end he's like motherfucker let's go all right that's interesting all right i have to go to the mall i have to go
1: to lens crafters where i've had a little bit of a mental breakdown on employees as well i was really rude at lens crafters once i had like two glasses of wine and i went to go pick up my ray-bans and i was like They were like, your Ray-Bans won't be available for another week. I was like, excuse me. I was like, can I tell you something? I was like, this store sucks. And I was like, do you think that I would have gone to LensCrafters if I didn't want to pick my glasses up in 24 hours? (laughs) And they were like looking at me and they were like a little bit horrified. And I was like, no, honestly, I was like, your selection sucks. This store is nerdy. I was like, why (laughs) would I have come to LensCrafters if I didn't want immediate results? And they were basically just like, the one was like, fair, like fair. Yeah. But I definitely am a little bit nervous. Uh, you'll be coming with me to LensCrafters today. I think if we have to, if we're going to the mall, I think we have to swing by LensCrafters mm. first because I need an emotional support human. <sighs> um, thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you guys next week, or will I not? Uh, I'll try and talk. We'll to figure you. it out. We'll figure it out. I'm, Big Molly is going to be in Japan. I'll talk to you guys soon. Three two three four five zero seven four zero eight. We love your calls. Thank you so much. Bye.